listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. We're sending you back to the future. to another Nim Mini Movie. I am the Jaystrom of Nowhere and Mulberry, soon to be Entertainment Landfill. We also have here Mulberry Bill. How you doing, Bill? Excellent. Welcome to the show. A very special Nowhere and Mulberry. It is another Nim Mini Movie, and this time we're here in 1985, Bill. How old were you in 1985, Bill? This many. Six. Let's see, I was... I always have difficulty with this. I was, um... 13 or 14. You're old enough to know better, goddammit! <laughs> I was 13 or 14, basically. So, I'm gonna say... You looked at me and went, get out of my way, kid. What's weird about Back to the Future is it came out in summertime, right? It was like 4th of July movie, I believe. I have no idea. I really don't. I don't even remember when it came out. Let's see. Uh, it says July 3rd, 1985. For some reason, I remember seeing this like it was during the school year, but my memory is so foggy that... Uh, Maybe it was so popular that it lasted through in, you know, like September. It's hard to say. I mean, it could have been in the summertime. I remember seeing it with my dad only. You know, sometimes it was like my dad and my two sisters and we all went... But sometimes it was just me and my dad, and it was like, oh, this is special. Just me and my dad are going to see mm-hmm. it. And it was neat then because, you know, my dad is uh, old, and he was alive yes. in the 50s. And so there were points in Wait, the Wait, he was in his 50s, or did you say he was <laughs> born in the 50s? He was alive in the 50s. So oh, okay. there are parts in the movie that I remember him chuckling at that, like, with a fond uh, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of neat. And me looking over like, what is he laughing at? I don't get it. It's, it's be quiet over there. I've never been able to enjoy the Back to the Future movies with my with my dad. My dad was born in 49, but he just doesn't care for them at all. Really? Like, if I'll, if I'll be watching them, he'll be like, oh, Back to the Future, huh? <laughs> well, that's one thing I want to... Back to the Future, when it came out, I remember seeing the poster and the commercials, and I knew it was Alex P. Keaton because... Mm-hmm. Hell, I watched the hell out of Family Ties. Absolutely. Who didn't? So, hey, I was a fan of Michael J. Fox, but I didn't know what the hell this movie was. I honestly didn't. It got had the cool car. He had a skateboard. Oh, what the hell? I'm going to go see this, right? Yeah. I mean, it had Spielberg's name all over it. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future. Okay. According to the poster, it looked like he directed it. Like, his name was above everyone else's names. And I remember even thinking that he left... This is how stupid I am, even at 14, that he left uh, flame marks with his shoes, like he was running real fast or something. Awesome. <laughs> like, I don't, on the poster, like, you see the car and him standing there, but I was like, oh, he's like, runs real fast, and he creates flames or something. He's super powered. So when the movie happens, it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Uh, I'm glad you didn't tell anyone that, Jason, because I was wrong. <laughs> 
you know, he we were, as a kid, I I was known to make shit up. Like I saw something that I didn't, I would just make things up. Like yeah, that was totally cool. That part, whenever he like flew across the sky. Yeah, and you're like, what? Yeah, there's. I remember things wrong a lot. I Stephen and I talk about this on the Jaws show that I remember something that scared the shit out of me from the movie that is not in the movie. Oh. <laughs> it's like Maybe never it happened be in the movie. It's like my imagination put it in there or something that I made it worse. So, um, so Back to the Future. I I love this movie. I've seen it many times. I'll. It's one of the. It passes the Jaystrom test of we'll watch it. Anytime it's on with any part of the movie, I'll just sit down and keep watching it. You know what yeah, I mean? Same here. But you know what's funny is, is as I'm watching it, I always question it. Like, like how Back to the Future Two goes back to the the nineteen what was it nineteen fifty five? Yes. I always question it. Like, well, why can't I see Marty from the second part? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I always have like I enjoy it. I love it, but I still question things about it. I would love to get into some Back to the Future 2 talk because I, I've always had problems with Back to the Future 2. Oh, God, yeah. But see, now, now Back to the Future 2 is the film that I have the biggest connection to. Right. Because that's the one I got to see in the theater. That okay. I, um, you know, I had the love for the original because of VHS. That's when I first saw it was on VHS. So I remember me and my dad going to Curtis Mathis, picking it out. And going home and watching it and just being like, this is awesome. And then being able to go see the second, at the end of the first one, being just like, oh my gosh, there's going to be another one. Yeah. That was another exciting. one to be continued. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That and was it, the difference between the first one and the second one. You know, it's 14. Then the second one came out. I had a retail job mm. and I'll never forget. Uh, Back to the Future 2 came out the day before Thanksgiving, I believe, or was it? Uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I can't remember. Black Friday, you know, it was after Thanksgiving. I knew we were on break. We right. were on break because we got to go to the theater to see it. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat wet slackers! Biff? Hello? Hey. Hello, anybody home? Why do they can't be you? You're so big. Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future. Gotta get back in time. Part 2. Coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere. Okay, I remember I had to work that Wednesday. It was like one of those mandatory days. Mandatory mm-hmm. Wednesday, then Thanksgiving, then Black Friday, mandatory. I remember I was like, Back to the Future 2's out, and I'm not going to have a day off forever. What the hell? This is bullshit. And I remember I rode the bus. I didn't have a car or anything. I rode the bus to work, and it, we passed by the town center mall on the way to my work. And mm-hmm. I remember just like... I didn't do this, Bill, but some force made me get off the bus at the mall, and it drove away, and I turned, and I looked, and I go, well, I guess I'm not going to work today. (laughs) And I remember walking towards the theater and stopping by a payphone, and my heart was beating real fast. 
I called, asked for the manager. You're on hold forever. Finally, hello, this is uh, so-and-so. This is Terry, the manager. And I go, yeah, this is Jason. I'm not feeling well. I'm not going to be able to come in today. And there was this long pause and said, you going to bring a doctor's note? And I go, yep. All right. Hope you get better. And I go, hang up. And I'm like, doctor's note? I'm screwed. Oh, well, I'm going to see Back to the Future too. <laughs> and I remember disappearing into the movie for two hours, coming out, and then like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, the movie's oh. over, and that high is gone, and now I have to face reality that... <laughs> and I remember, you know what I did on Black Friday when I showed up to work? Just didn't bring it up. Just hoped nope. it wouldn't come up, and it never did. No one exactly. asked me about it or anything. It's too hectic. No one remembers yep. shit on Black Friday. And, woo, never got in trouble. <laughs> Isn't that how the world seems to work? That's God awesome. was smiling on you. He wanted you to see Back to the Future 2. And because of that, I always remember that when I watch Back to the Future 2. <laughs> the thing I remember is the Pizza Hut promotion mm -hmm. where you got sunglasses. Yes. And they were the sunglasses the kids were wearing in the future. These days, everyone's going back to the future, where people are looking at the world through very different glasses. Now bring part of Back to the Future back with you. Drop by any Pizza Hut restaurant and get a pair of futuristic solar shades. Inspired by the movie Back to the Future Part 2. Only $1.99 with any Pizza Hut pizza. Collect a different pair each week while supplies last. Solar shades from Pizza Hut. They're going like there's no tomorrow. Pizza Hut, make it crazy. And I had the blue and yellow ones with the, the little visors above the eye. And when we went back to school after Thanksgiving break, I wore them every day. I remember it was snowing. And I was like, we were walking down to the bus stop. And I was like, these sunglasses are incredibly useful. They keep <laughs> the snow away from my eyes. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but they won't be invented for a while, though. <laughs> yeah. You had them from the future. Yep. Notice how we haven't brought up Back to the Future 3. <laughs> well, we will eventually. Yeah, but we will. When I watch, you can't watch Back to the Future 3 just off the cuff. You have to watch Back to the Future 2 first, yeah, then watch it. Because it has, it does have a great setup going to Back to the Future 3. It makes you want to watch it after you it finish does. Back to the Future 2. Did you go back and, or had you watched Back to the Future a million times on VHS before Part 2 came out? Yes, a million times. Right. I, I I probably got just as much use out of Back to the Future 2 as I did the Goonies. Like, nice. I mean, it was constantly getting rented. Because I remember you couldn't buy it yet. It wasn't one of those movies oh, that yeah. you could you could buy retail. Isn't you that had crazy? To rent it. Or you had a friend, like my uncle. You know, there's always somebody who had two VCRs that would dupe stuff all the time. Yeah, that's what my dad and I did. That's We were known for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you had the cable. I remember, like, you'd then have Then they those... came out with that infernal my macrovision that made everything <laughs> scrambly, and you had to get the, the box in the back of Popular Mechanics or Popular Science. <laughs> Why did they even bother with any of that crap? It's so stupid. People did it anyways. They're idiots. But the thing... One thing that... About Back to the Future, can we just bring up first is the Alan Silvestri score? The oh, my. It's iconic. At the moment I hear it, I want to watch the movie. Yeah, it just... In fact, I think the score is better than the movie. 
it transcends the movie. Yeah, and I love different parts of the movie. We'll talk about where the score I just think shines through because I was I wasn't always an Alan Silvestri fan. Like uh, I am of his Back to the Future scores. Yeah, uh, like his score of the Abyss. You know, James Cameron's Abyss. It always drives me nuts with the weird like. Uh, you know, the little choir or whatever. <laughs> I just the, think it's a halo type of music. Real obvious kind of stuff. But I really love his Back to the Future score. It's probably yeah, his it's, best work. Yeah, it is. It's up there with, um, uh, and again, Dave Grusin's best work, Goonies. You know, right. it's there's something about these 80s film scores that yeah. are awesome. He also did um, a great soundtrack to Roger Rabbit. I always remember. See, I never watch Roger Rabbit enough to notice. I'm not a Roger Rabbit guy. It's very I, Back to the Future-y. You, you know, you could tell it's the same composer when you listen to it. Like, I think Roger Rabbit came along in a time in my life where I was just kind of indifferent. Mm-hmm. I was probably, I was probably like in my in my mid to early teens. That like was my tens. Su- I, I was that was in my heyday of thinking about film all the time, where I would like get every episode of Starlog and it would mm-hmm. have articles about Roger Rabbit. So from a technical standpoint, you know, I'm like telling my <clears> friends who don't even care, like they got licenses from all the different cartoons, like Disney and Warner Brothers are going to be in the same scenes together. And it's just people looking at you like, yeah, like I can appreciate that now. <laughs> yeah. You know, as an adult, I can appreciate the film more. In fact, I should probably revisit it. I haven't watched it in a very long you know, time. When I was a kid, you know, there's a lot of me always telling people stuff that they didn't want to hear and them just staring blankly at my face. But you know and... what it is? It's, I totally get that because I still get that now. You know, it's like, I, I want to talk about it. I want to share it with people. That's why we do the podcast. Yeah, I just have anth- enthusiasm. And one thing- Yeah, and when you can't share it, it's 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 defeating. Right. And you know, one thing I get from Back to the Future is just how tightly scripted it is. I, I can feel like those guys, like, man, they're excited to uh, do film and stuff. Because I think, what, what had they done before then? Used Cars was the movie that I'd seen, and I remember watching with my uncle. It's you know, it's an adult comedy, but it's really mm-hmm. funny. I even referenced Used Cars in our Star Wars show on accident. I didn't mean to, but yeah, it's well, a it's a great film. It is. It's a, a hilarious movie, and I believe uh, Bob Gale. He uh, yes, Bob Gale and Zemeckis wrote that, so they had written really? Used Cars first. Uh huh. And they did a movie called I Want to Hold Your Hand, where they interacted with the Beatles and stuff, the main characters. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing that sometime in my life. I guess it was funny. But I guess Romancing the Stone uh, is what he made before Back to the Future in 84. And Uh uh, I remember wanting to see that really bad, because remember the commercials, Michael Douglas had a pump shotgun. He was shooting windows and stuff. And I was like, yeah, also his head ends up between her legs. Yeah, (laughs) yes. Like and that's, it had the, the, I, that's the image I remember most from Romancing the Stone, is them going down a mudslide and his head ending up between her splayed-out legs. Well, I always like, remember my dad... As a kid to, going, why is that funny? You know how my, my dad took me to see Back to the Future, but he didn't take me to see Romancing the Stone. I think he took Laura or something. So I was like, I wanted to see Romancing the Stone. He goes, oh, you wouldn't like it. It's more of a girl's movie. And I was like, oh, really? And years later, when I see it on cable, I'm like, he's full of shit. I yeah. totally would have been into this. Yeah. What an asshole. So maybe that's why he took me to Back to the Future. I don't know. Like, he even knew Robert Zemeckis directed it. <laughs> I don't know. The head in the lap thing was pretty, like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I don't, what? I don't get it. 
All right, let's talk about Back to the Future, Bill. I'm excited to talk about. It. Let's talk about the movie as it begins, right? The uh, of course, you always have the the clocks. The yes, I well, still... it's this combination of the clocks and the the full introduction to the character that is Doc Brown. The uh, almost manic quality to all these experiments, the clocks, you have the uh, the almost Rube Goldberg-esque dog feeder. Yeah, yeah and it's, the it, toaster. Just, and then you, you see like the plutonium and all that. And it's like, what in the hell is going on with this guy? I, I love the way it sets up with the clocks and the, uh, I believe the TV turns on. You mm-hmm. see the copy maker. It's like everything's on, but nobody's there. Yeah. And, uh, you get, and these... that's, you know what? That's a perfect description of Doc Brown. Yeah. Nobody's there. He's there's, preoccupied. There's like everything's going on, but nobody's the home. Right. And it's like they show the newspaper article that says Doc Brown's ha- home burned down, uh, most likely some experiment. So he's basically living in his garage, his laboratory, mm-hmm. isn't he? Where's house? Yeah, because that's all that's left. Right. I love that whole establishing shot of the clocks, and it slowly introduces little elements of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see the the newscast, and it's talking about this place, uh, basically uh, refuting the story that they have missing plutonium. <laughs> In other news, officials at the Pacific Nuclear Research Facility have denied the rumor that a case of missing plutonium was in fact stolen from their vault two weeks ago. A Libyan terrorist group had claimed responsibility. And you know what? One thing I notice about the movie, because I love in these old NIM mini-movies to point out, like, uh, corporate sponsors or plugs of things, you know? Oh, God, yeah. The first one of the first shots we see is, see is a, a messy bed where Doc has been sleeping and a bunch of Burger King wrappers everywhere. Yep, Have you noticed everywhere. that? And then the radio turns on and it's like Toyota, get the new Toyota, and it's all about Toyota trucks and cars. That in 1985, October is inventory time, so right now Statler Toyota is making the best deals of the year on all 1985 model Toyotas. And so uh, I'm like, okay. The movie's just started. We already are craving Burger King. We want to go test drive a Toyota. <laughs> I, really want a, I really want a black Toyota truck. Yeah, four by four. Can't you just see it taking it up to the lake? Laying in that, looking at the some, stars. Some sleeping bags in the back. Okay, Marty shows up, but they don't show him yet. You just see his feet. He kicks mm-hmm. the skateboard over. The skateboard hits the plutonium. Yeah. And every time I've seen this movie, I always laugh at the amp thing. The yes, and the one you know, there's <laughs> one thing about this movie that drives me crazy, and it's film film nerds again love to point out that. The amp signature, like the, the, the sign on it is the code for the device from Dr. Strangelove. Oh, really? CR, what is it? CRM114. So it's a movie reference? Yeah, it's a movie reference. It's like that's the device that was supposed to stop the bombs in in Dr. Strangelove. Oh, okay. And they're like, you know that, right? No, I don't. (laughs) No, I really, actually, maybe I do, but I don't care. Well, one thing that's cool about this movie is how 
there's foreshadowing throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. You know, even at the very beginning, you know, it talks about how uh, the the plutonium's missing. Then you see the case of plutonium there. You see Burger King wrappers. You know, later on, we're going to see more Burger King in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pepsi free, please. Right. When I was a kid, I was like, why would anybody want to play in front of that? Yeah. Just jam out. Like, does his ears not hurt? Like, I, I guess as a kid, I was too logical. I honestly, like, why would he do that? I think that scene is really for anyone who uh, plays guitar, rock and roll. Like they watch that scene, they're like, "Yeah!" Like they totally, you know, jam out to that scene. Yeah, you that's, know, that's all. That's the only people it's for. <laughs> <laughs> Like, one thing, I've seen the movie so many times, I'm like, when did Marty meet Doc Brown and hang, start hanging out with him and stuff? Yeah, what I would love to know that story. Yeah, and if you think about time travel and stuff, I guess Doc Brown knew he'd always eventually meet Marty. Oh, yeah. Doc calls up and tells Marty, you know, to meet him. Yo! Marty, is that you? Hey, hey, Doc. Where are you? I Tonight at 115. I made a major breakthrough and I'll need your assistance. Wait, wait a minute, 115 in the morning? Yeah. God, what's going on? Where you been all week? Working. And I still don't understand his clock experiment, do you? <laughs> all of them are exactly how many minutes late? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 825? Precisely. Damn. I'm waiting for school. And cue what? Huey Lewis, yeah! And what does Doc Brown live right next to, Bill? Like, right next to his house. Burger King? Yes. I mean, it's like feet from yeah. the door. No wonder he, he lives has Burger in King. the Burger King. <laughs> no wonder he has Burger King wrappers everywhere. That's where he eats every day. <laughs> he looks great for it. Yeah, he does. Doc it must looks be really the Burger healthy. King of the 80s they were using grass-fed beef. But automatically, you know, I see uh, Texaco. You know, one thing that I love is how they're on a location somewhere in a city street and round the corner and then you're on that universal lot. <laughs> yep. He's riding on the back of that guy's Jeep yeah and it's pulling down through and you see like the town square and all that i'm like hey shouldn't there be christmas trees in that lot yeah like it just it's automatically i'm like hey that's that's gremlins <laughs> yeah this is the gremlin the theater's in the same spot there is blatant Burger there's a King. certain charm to that though isn't yeah. there like there's it, it's a, like a fondness it's so sad that that place burned down because i would love to visit that universe did it lot. really did that area burn down yeah i believe that whole thing they might have rebuilt it but i don't know if it's ever the same but it's not the original wow that stinks do you ever notice it's blatant that to, Marty's hanging on the back of the guy's Jeep and the guy turns and looks at him and Marty gives kind of like, <laughs> ah, shucks, kind of look. The guy's wearing a huge Mountain Dew logo cap. Yeah. Isn't that Bob Gale? I don't know. I'm probably 
totally wrong, but I always thought it was someone connected to the film. Yeah, like Richard Donner has been seeing the set or something. What are yeah. you doing on the set? But uh, yeah, I don't know. But the Mountain Dew cap always pulls me back. I'm like, oh, come on. What shameless plug? Was this really the first like shameless advertising film? I don't know. It's pretty. It got some pretty shameless moments. Well, Back to the Future 2. It's all Pepsi. Pepsi, Pepsi, Pepsi is yep. everywhere in that yep. movie. Well, Mountain Dew is a Pepsi product. But we see um, Marty. He arrives at school. He's got a super hot girlfriend who I can't wait to see in all three movies. Mm, and yeah. uh, <laughs> Very cute. Jennifer's awesome. Have you ever wondered why is Strickland such a prick? Like, would we yeah. find out somewhere? But he's just a dick, isn't he? Yeah. I might understand you're still hanging around with Dr. Emmett Brown McFly. Party slip for you, Miss Parker. And one for you, McFly. I believe that makes four in a row. Now, let me give you nickels with a free advice, young man. This so-called Dr. Brown is dangerous. He's a real nutcase. You hang around with him, you're going to end up in big trouble. Oh, yes, sir. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. You remind me of your father when he went here. He was a slacker, too. Can I go now, Mr. Strickland? It's just, it runs, it's it's hereditary, apparently. It runs in his family. I mean, I can understand him being strict and not liking slackers, but he even, like, takes it out on uh, victims. He makes it personal. Yeah, he even, you know, gives uh, George McFly a hard time. You're a slacker! You just know, like your dad. Your dad was an asshole, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, jeez, man, can you just lighten up a little? And what kind of name is McFly, anyway? Irish. Is that, like, a real name? Does someone have that last name? I have no idea, but it would be impossible now. I'd have to go on Ancestry.com. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I love about movies like this is when they take place in a town. This one is Hill Valley. Hill Valley. You know, I love these uh, mulberry-type places, you know, these... Uh... I don't know. I don't think Hill Valley is very mulberry-ish, because it seems pretty decrepit. Yeah. And it seems to be filled with assholes, too. Yeah, it's filled with assholes and apparently, you know, manipulative, lazy types. I, I know I don't want to live in Lion Estates. Well, let me ask you this. Um, here's a trivia question. Back to the future trivia question. Okay. What is Marty McFly's band name? Because it's really... Pinheads. The Pinheads, They're yeah. The Pinheads. A really throwaway because line it, there. It was, yeah, it's one of those lines that I always went, Pinheads? Pinheads. It's like, couldn't they be more creative there? Goes, but hey. I love that scene, though, because there's all these bands, and they're so typical... 80s bands like you've got the girl band you've got the kind of the ones that almost look like they're the smiths uh-huh. and then you, have, you know it's just like all and then the guy who who's playing guitar with him he looks like shit he looks like someone i've always thought he, who is he that? looks like uh the guy from Def leopard as i thought yeah i mean it just and he's got the cap on and all and apparently that's michael j fox's um guitar teacher Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of those stupid facts that I always remember. Cause I, <laughs> I remember looking it up like, who the hell is that guy? He looks like someone. But I love how they're basically, they're playing Power of Love by Huey Lewis, but that yeah. keyboard is like, dun, dun. One, two, It's louder than everything. <laughs> yeah, it's and like, 
And of course, I I'll never forget this entertainment tonight doing one of those like no duh segments like shut up it was like mary hart going guess who that square teacher is in back to the future it's none other than rocker huey lewis and it's like we all knew that when we saw the freaking movie it's a guy from die hard come on (laughs) (laughs) that is the guy from die hard (laughs) it is that's not huey lewis it's his lookalike <laughs> and he sucks at acting still. Terrible. You I'm guys sorry, are just guys too, are loud. too dark loud. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Next place. I remember I think even in the theater you see that and someone goes, That's Huey Lewis. <laughs> yeah. That's Huey Lewis. Oh, it is? Oh, the why want a new drug guy? It's like, shut up down there. Come on, we're watching the movie. Yes, it's Huey Lewis. Sports. <laughs> yeah, you it's know, sports hit to be square. I don't know if that'd come out this yet. This is it. You know, the guy's the head the sand. Right. But also, again, let's get back to uh, the foreshadowing through the entire movie. Like at the beginning, you know, Mayor Goldie Wilson. Re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson. Re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson. Progress is his middle name. Why, why are they telling us that? Are we going to even know? For the longest any- time, I always thought that on that van he had gold teeth. Like it was a white picture and gold teeth. But I think <laughs> it's just lighting hitting it right in the same spot. When he's younger, you see the gold teeth. Maybe. One thing that Strickland said to Marty is something, it was about, uh, why even bother? You'll always be a loser. And then later on, Marty's all bummed because, you know, they told him his band was too loud and... He's like, what? You know, he just all rejected, and he sounds just like his dad later, foreshadowing of that. Why even bother? What if I I get rejected? I don't know if I can handle that, you know? All right, okay, Jennifer. What what if I send in the tape and they don't like it? I mean, what if they say I'm no good? What if they say, get out of here, kid. You got no future. I mean, I just don't think I can take that kind of rejection. Jesus, I'm starting to sound like my old man. Come on, he's not that bad. Which is pretty much the credo I live by. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. But uh, Marty, he starts to wander when he sees that Toyota 4x4, Bill. Oh, look at that thing. Oh, man. Check out that 4x4. That is hot. Okay, back her up. Someday, Jennifer. Someday. Wouldn't it be great? Take that truck up to the lake. Throw a couple of sleeping bags in the back. Lie out underneath the stars. Stop it. What? Jennifer would totally have sex with me if I had that truck. <laughs> Is that what he's talking about? I thought they were going to look at the stars. What a perv. Yeah. I don't know if he even the 80s workout gear of the girls who walk by. He's like looking. Leotards <laughs> and leg warmers are hot. Oh, yeah. That's one thing in the movie you always hear that saying of, you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. I guess like time travel is what they're telling us, Bill, if we just work hard on it. Yeah, we just time travel speed, just go back. <laughs> just got to pursue your dreams. Yes, very much so. Now, uh, forget about everything else. Just screw how miserable your life is. <laughs> when I watch this, I I just admire the foreshadowing everything also, the setting up like uh he's talking with his girlfriend there and then all of a sudden the lady's like, "Save the clock tower! Save the clock tower! Save the clock tower!" Mayor Wilson is sponsoring an initiative to replace that clock. 30 years ago, lightning struck that clock tower and the clock hasn't run since. We at the Hill Valley Preservation Society think it should be preserved exactly the way it is, as part of our history and heritage. There you go, lady. There's a quarter. 
Thank you. Don't forget to take a flyer. You know, Why is this lady so crazy and up in his face? All he wants to do is kiss his hot girlfriend. <laughs> he gives her a quarter. Whatever. There's a quarter, lady. Leave us alone. His girlfriend leaves the phone number on the back, and it says, I love you. And, it, you know, you cue, that's, that's the power of love. That's the power of the AMC Eagle. <laughs> that, that every time I watch that, I, I can't help but think my my friend, my best friend as a kid, Josh, his dad had an AMC Eagle, Woody, sides and all. That Dude, car is so ugly. Speaking so of cars, ugly. my car that I drove around for the longest time, I had a 1985 Toyota Celica Supra, and it was silver. There's a part in the movie where he skateboards by my car and oh, i always really? i always freeze frame it and go oh there she is oh, and i miss that car my it, first love dude i felt like that car was a delorean you know like this is my time machine it was a badass car so whenever he skates by that i just have to freeze frame it and go ah oh. <laughs> but that was the year 1985 i guess that's a great year great year for toyota's bill great year and also I wondered this because I never tried it. Uh, there was a couple years where I rode a skateboard, but the yeah, well, who didn't at that point in time? I remember getting a skateboard for Christmas, and I ended up riding it on my butt. Probably the bearings or whatever those things are that make the board like level and be able to manipulate. I couldn't do it. I'd fall on my face every time, so I just figured I'd ride it <laughs> like it was a like I just sit on it, and push myself. <laughs> Right. Well, I always wondered, did, was there a spur of, uh, kids grabbing bumpers and getting free rides on cars and Absolutely. getting killed? Absolutely. <laughs> in fact, in fact, in, in Australia, there's a warning. They had to put a warning in the movie not to do that. Oh, really? Yes. Like, do not I try this. I remember reading that, that in Australia, there's a warning either before the film or after the film for kids not to do that. Like, it may be, Marty is a cool dude. He can do it. He can pull this yeah. off. Regular kids, you're not pulling this off. Because it's very dangerous. And it's, uh, I'd, I'd even read that Robert Zemecka said that they thought about the time machine being a refrigerator. You know, but he pictured lots of kids getting in refrigerators playing time machine. It was just a bad idea. It's like, well, what about the skateboard the thing? Well, I, yeah, I get in the refrigerator whenever I uh, think a nuclear bomb's going to go off. That's right. Whenever there's a nuke. But that's a really... that I'm so glad they changed it from a refrigerator, because who the hell would want to get in a refrigerator? Yeah. The the Dorian was just the perfect idea. Also, that scene with Jennifer, he she talks about, does your mom know? And he's like, hell no. My mom's like a nun. She's a total priss, you know? Like, my mom is so innocent. She would never oh, understand God, that. Oh, yeah. Super he, innocent. When he shows up at home, you know, we get our first Biff and George scene where the car's trashed and Biff's yeah, like... Yeah, I always... Why didn't you tell me there was a blind spot? I can't believe you loaned me a car without telling me it had a blind spot. Blind spot. I could have been killed. Now, now, Biff, now, I never noticed that uh, the car had any blind spot before when I would drive it. Well, I never, I never noticed it, Biff. Now, Biff... <laughs> One thing, can I just say right away that... Crispin Glover rocks in this movie. Crispin, I am so disappointed that they couldn't work things out with Crispin Glover. I know. He owns the movie. He honestly does. His scenes are so perfect. He, anytime he's in a scene, the way the understated, like, neurotic quality that he plays mm -hmm. it 
it steals it from Michael J. Fox. Like, he does, just, he's, just... he's fantastic. He wins you over where you love him. You know, even <laughs> there's so many great moments with him, but early on, when you see how Biff just totally beats him down, and he goes, you get the, those reports done? Uh, and uh, where's my reports? Uh, well, I haven't finished those up yet, but, you know, I, I figured since they were due to... Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Oh. Uh, think, McFly. Right. Think. I gotta have time yeah. to get them retyped. Yeah. Uh, do you realize what would happen if I handed my reports in your handwriting? I'll get fired. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Oh, of course not, Biff. Now I wouldn't want that to happen. Well, you know, we see a version of that later on also, but I love how... This is also the first time Biff calls um, Marty a butthead. What are you looking at, butthead? <laughs> when, uh... But the scene where Marty's just standing there watching how his dad deals with Biff and gets walked all over, you know, he's kind of ashamed of his dad. Yeah. And you wonder that that comes up several times where like, were you adopted? How did you turn out like this, Marty? <laughs> you know, he's kind of his own man. Oh, and there's another moment where, you know, he says, say hi to your mom for me. We know he had yeah. a thing for his mom there. And we get to meet his brother and sister, mm-hmm. Wendy Jo Sperber. Every time I see her, I feel sad. Yeah, like, me you know, too. it just, I can't see a movie without her and then not get depressed a little bit because I think she's fantastic as an actress. Uh, this movie, but I think the movie that she did that she really shined in the most for me was Moving Violations. Uh huh. Um, because it's just such a goofy movie and she actually gets to do some really funny stuff. There's a scene, I think it's Fred Willard. Yeah, she takes her, she goes to like a mechanic and he's like, oh, we're going to put a couple gallons of oil in you and you take you out on the highway and get you running real fast. And she assumes that he means her. Ask for me. Everyone calls me Doc. Stop by the clinic anytime. Excuse me, you have a clinic? Not just a clinic, the clinic. We do the finest diagnostic checkups in town. Doc Williams at your service. I would love to talk to you about this problem I'm having. That's what I'm here for. What seems to be the problem? Well, no matter what I do, I just can't get going in the morning. That could be your valves. Really? Have you had your pump checked lately? By a specialist. I should probably take another look at it, because when that goes, you die right on the spot. Oh, God, I know. Mm. Do you ever overheat in the stall going up steep hills? I don't believe so. You should probably have a major overhaul. Check everything inside now. Do you leak much? Several times a day. Mm. That's no good, is it? Every place you go, you leave those unsightly puddles. (laughs) Get so your neighbors cringe when they see you pulling up their driveway. What about your rear end? What about it? Does your rear end make noise? That's a bit personal, isn't it? I'll tell you what, I am up to here in my work, but what I will do, I'll lube it up. I'll get inside there and root around and find out what the problem is. I have the best tool in town. Trust me, I'll do a thorough job. Uh-huh. In the meanwhile, here's what I'd like you to do. About an hour before you get going in the morning, drain out your water, flush it out of there completely, take in a lot of oil, then grease up that back end, get out on the highway and go as fast as you can for nine or ten miles. Really? Yes. No, no one's ever said this to me before. As I say, I'm a professional. I can lick any rare end problem you can bring me. In fact, I do a lot of celebrities, too. Just last week, I reamed out Roger Moore. He was totally satisfied. Matter of fact, he's coming back next weekend for a complete rear-end job. Oh. So she, like, drinks 
all this Wesson oil, <laughs> and then she's running out on the highway. And it's just, it's just one of those movies that's so goofy and funny, and I, I just think she's fantastic. I'll always remember her from Bosom Buddies, because I love yes. that show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. On that. One thing I love about this movie, before we even get to meet Doc and all the time travel stuff, they set up all the family stuff, which mm-hmm. is great. They show they're basically this weird, nerdy family, right? They're dorky. Like, they're just very... The brother's very awkward. He works at Burger King. <laughs> Burger King right next to Doc Brown's probably. Yep. His sister's a mess, but... uh, the mother's an alcoholic. But, man, just going back to Crispin Glover, that laugh, that... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love and it. He, and, and he's totally disconnected from everything. He's so, like disappointed with himself and his life yeah that everyone's having a conversation and he's watching the honeymooners he's not even paying attention yeah he's not paying attention one thing do you i've noticed like in this scene when marty goes and sits down the scene just happens around him he doesn't say a word they just Mm -hmm. the family is doing things like jailbird joey we get all that scene your uncle joey didn't make parole again i think it would be nice if you all dropped him a line Uncle Jailbird Joy? He's your brother, Mom. Yeah, I think it's a major embarrassment having an uncle in prison. We all make mistakes in life, children. Yeah, the cake. But, you know, when his son says, you know, don't you change your oil, Dad, when he kisses mom, he's like, hey, See you later, Pop. Woo! Come on, time to change that oil. <laughs> <laughs> But there's that whole setup that Lorraine's dad hit him with a car. Mm-hmm. You never did tell me. What were you doing in that tree, George? Still don't understand what dad was doing in the middle of the street. What was it, George? Bird watching? What, Lorraine? What? <laughs> he like, never answers. Keeping top. I love that. That's, but that's great how it sets up like, what was he doing in that tree? Hey, we'll find out later. Yep. The enchantment under the sea dance. Anyway, your grandpa hit him with the car and brought him into the house. He seems so helpless. Like a little lost puppy. And my heart just went out to him. Yeah, Mom, we know. You've told us this story a million times. You felt sorry for him, so you decided to go with him to the fish under the sea dance. No, no, it was the enchantment under the sea dance. Our first date. I'll never forget it. It was the night of that terrible thunderstorm. Remember, George? Your father kissed me for the very first time on that dance floor. And it was then that I realized that I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. I wonder how many versions of the script they they had to have written it many times to get Man. this down right the the revisions and the the fact checking and the the timeline and all that i mean that that would confuse the hell out of me it still confuses the hell out of me <laughs> yeah well that's uh marty he's pissed because he was going to take the car to the lake with jennifer mm-hmm. and then his mom talks about oh, i don't like that girl any girl who calls a boy mm-hmm. you're just asking for trouble she's going to be pregnant in no time right yeah. Because Marty's mom was never like that. She's just not that kind of girl. She doesn't look at men's underwear or take their pants off while they're unconscious. One thing that I noticed also that in that scene on the table, Diet Pepsi is prevalent. Yes. Marty 
has Diet Pepsi in his room and on the table. He loves Diet Pepsi. Something without sugar. And I always want, what the hell is uh, George eating? Is that peanut brittle? Like Yeah, that- <laughs> it is, because I... For some reason, when I was a kid, when I saw it, I was like, what the hell is that? And then I just was obsessed with peanut brittle. After that movie, it was all about getting a box of peanut brittle. I would beg my parents for it. Every once in a while, it's good. It is, until it destroys your teeth. Yeah, but George loves it. Loves it. But when uh, Marty wakes up and, you know, he goes to the mall, we see Twin Pines Mall very prominently. We get to meet Einie, the dog, Einstein. And then we have the reveal of the DeLorean as the mm-hmm. truck opens. Einstein! Hey, Einstein, where's the dot, boy? Huh? Yeah. I love how Marty's like, Doc, that's a DeLorean. And he's like, never mind that, Marty. He just uh, film all this, you know. Doc! Marty, you made it! Yeah! Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Uh, well, it's a DeLorean, right? Stay with me, Marty. All your questions will be answered. Roll yeah. tape. Okay, I will proceed. So we learn everything as Marty learns it. There's a man in a dog suit driving the <laughs> car. I don't, you told me that. I honestly never Dude, noticed. Just, it's just go gun- to that scene, and just before the car is starting to spark and go into the, you know, the the whole flashy mode, there is. You can see his arms on the steering wheel and this static dog mask. Yeah, and you can you can see his arms moving, driving the car. It is the <laughs> funniest thing. Every time I see it, I laugh. I you mean love it's it. not really the, a remote? <laughs> no, I couldn't. I was. Oh. I love that Doc Brown's got his little remote control. <laughs> I wanted that remote. I think every year for Christmas, I would get a remote control car, a Tyco remote control car, just so I could play with the remote. You from Tyco. I, I think I would play for play with the car for maybe oh twenty minutes until the battery died and then totally lose interest in it. But just the fact that I could like pretend like I'm gonna when you get this thing up to eighty eight miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Oh, I love that line. He goes, "My calculations are correct. When this baby hits eighty eight miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit." The way he, uh, Christopher Lloyd delivers that line. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I'll, Marty's there's... just looking at him like, what in the hell? There's so many things about that whole scene I love is when Marty starts to slowly inch away from him. You know, like, he like looks at him. And he comes back. Yeah. It's great. They really set up that scene well. When he's like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Calm down, Marty, I didn't disintegrate anything. The molecular structure of both Einstein and the car are completely intact. That's the first thing he thinks is he pretty much killed his dog. And then, you know, he establishes, he shows him, come here, I'll show you how it works. And then, then we see, and there's one thing that I've always loved about the movie, and it pulls me, you know, totally selfish reasons or whatever, that the movie takes place on October 26th, 1985, which is my birthday. First, you turn the time circuits on. 
This readout tells you where you're going. This one tells you where you are. This one tells you where you were. You input your destination time on this keypad. So it'd be like... 1985. <laughs> That's my... Yeah, 1985. That's my 14th birthday right there that the movie... So whenever I watch it, I'm like... This That's is awesome. My... I wish I had a connection like that. It's so cool that my birthday is the day of the movie, and just every time I w- watch it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's like home. You know what I mean? I love how it sets up that uh, he says it takes some plutonium. He goes, are you telling me? Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Hey, 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 keep rolling. Keep rolling there. No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical. But I need a nuclear reaction to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity I need. Doc, you don't just walk into a store and, and buy plutonium. Did you rip that off? course from a group of libyan nationalists they wanted me to build them a bomb so i took their plutonium and in turn gave them a shiny bomb casing full of used pinball machine parts he suckered some libyan terrorists <laughs> they wanted me to make a bomb <laughs> which this is the 80s the terrorists yeah. are holy shit yeah they, they have this eight... is the scary time like the you know yeah um gaddafi and the ayatollah the ayatollah khomeini yeah oh my god man he was well, my, that was what big I... When I watch this movie, my mind goes into weird places when he says he suckered some terrorists. What I'm thinking, he's building the time machine, and he realizes he needs plutonium to run it. So he goes looking for someone who has plutonium, and he runs into Libyan terrorists and tells him he's going to make them a bomb, but then he suckers them. It's just crazy. There's a whole side story here. Well, it kind of shows you how (laughs) how totally out of it Doc Brown is, that this is no big deal to him, that this is a means to an end, that he totally just suckered Libyan terrorists for a nuclear weapon, for fuel for a nuclear weapon. Uh, It's no big deal. He can make his time machine now, so... They also put Marty and him in their nuclear suits because he needs to be in that for later on in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that I have a feeling that suit didn't protect them from anything. <laughs> yeah. But this is also where we start the whole gigawatt thing where it's in the script. It's spelled J-I-G-O watts. And it's because I guess... Bob Gale and Zemeckis talked to somebody who they thought was a scientist and pronounced it gigawatts. And it's actually gigawatts. So this is like one of those little nitpicky things that people always, you know, make fun of. But to me, this is a movie based in the fantasy realm. And who's to say there isn't such a thing as a gigawatt? I, I never knew that. I just thought it was a gigawatt. I thought no, it was different it, than it, a gigawatt. It was, if somebody pronounced G-I-G-A gigawatt as gigawatt and it stuck. I thought it nobody, was like nobody ever corrected them. I thought it was like million or billion. I thought it was like a gigawatt is this much, but a gigawatt is this much. You know no, what I mean? No, it's it's a mistake. It's a just an honest mistake. Wow. You know what would have been funny is in the present day he says 1.21 gigawatts, and then in the past he goes, I "Think what I mean is a gigawatt." You know, because they he doesn't say it right in the past. That yeah, would that would be funny. awesome. But it would also be cool because so many times science kind of replicate science fiction. I mean, without science fiction, there's a lot of things we wouldn't have now. I think it would be cool if somehow, you know, a, another level of measurement was created as a gigawatt. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that would be, I think it would be funny. It would be charming. Do it. So the terrorists show up. Two terrorists. Yeah, two terrorists. In a, in a VW van. <laughs> one with an AK-47, one driving. You would think that if these terrorists were able to get a hold of plutonium, <laughs> they, they, could, they would send more than two in a VW bus. They could pull... Uh, I love when uh, Doc says, 
Oh my god. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for money! Who? Who? Who do you think? The Libyans! Holy shit! Well, you're at the local mall. Maybe they yeah, just drove around till they. You're kind sl- of the only one in the middle of the night at the <laughs> Twin Pines Mall. We just barely got to know Doc, and he's dead. He gets gunned yeah. down. That's one of my favorite scenes. He pulls out this massive revolver, and he's like aiming and trying to pull it. And he looks at it like he's like, "What the hell?" And there's no bullets in it. <laughs> he just kind of. He's all heroic there for a second. He goes. Yeah. I'll draw their fire, Marty. And he's like, click, click. And he's like, oh. (laughs) The way that Christopher Lloyd plays Doc Brown is classic. And it's, it's like he based it on, did he, I think he said Albert Einstein and some composer that had the crazy hair or something. Oh yeah. Leopold. Yes. That's another thing, like, we have uh, Crispin Glover doing his thing and Christopher Lloyd doing his thing, so really Marty, or Michael J. Fox, he gets to play it straight most of the time and just react off of them. Yeah, and Christopher Lloyd wasn't the first choice for the role. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have to remember who was. I couldn't imagine anyone else playing him now. Yeah. But also, uh, Thomas Wilson, they get to be these crazy characters around Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I mean it's 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 such the film is such a character piece. Like it's the characters that really kind of shine. That's why I you know I would love to see how Eric Stoltz was because although Michael J. Fox has wonderful reactions and yeah, he nails he has, these kind of out of breath crazy reactions to things. I think yeah, he has like I equate some of his facial expressions and reactions to like how Johnny Carson was. Like, he just knows how to play it. Like, the wide eyes. He does the... manic kind of well, like, the... Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I need to remember who um who the first choice was for uh Christopher Lloyd. Oh, it was John Lithgow! It was John Lithgow. Oh, yeah, he would have been good. Dr. Lazardo. Yeah, wanted him, and he couldn't do it. And Christopher Lloyd, I think, actually dropped out of a, um off-Broadway play to do it. Excellent. So then, you know, when Marty gets in the, I love the tease of, remember, they've already set up 88 miles an hour is when you uh, go through time. So mm-hmm. we know that. So when he's in the chase in the with the VW van, we keep seeing him almost rev up to 88, but then he yeah, has to turn. Yeah, and then he turn. takes the turn and it drops down. Yeah. See if you bastards can do 90. Finally, he hits it and he goes through time. And I love the way it jumps to a field with a scarecrow. I always want to know what he's thinking in that shot. When it's starting to go, and it's even before the car starts to spark, he's just so insistent on getting up to a certain speed that he's looking right at that photo hut, uh-huh. which, you know, that's like such a mark of the 80s. I mean, what mall didn't have a photo hut right. in the But I'm also, the park, are you no. thinking, like, does he know he's about to run into that? Yeah, I, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, what, is he so scared that he's just, like, frozen in fear? Yeah, or because... Is, he looks in the rearview mirror and he sees a guy pull out an RPG and he goes, holy shit, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, maybe as, if I can go as fast as I can, you know, and, which is really tough in a DeLorean. Yeah. Oh, man. Those things were underpowered pieces of shit. In fact, now when you buy them, because there's actually a company that rebought DeLorean and rebuilds them and has all kinds of stuff. They put new engines in them. They put like Volvo engines in them. Right. Because the original DeLorean engine was so bad. 
Yeah, I think I read that the the one in the movie is a six cylinder, but they were four cylinders. A lot of them were yeah. four cylinders or something. Yeah. And is he thinking? Like, He's not that's thinking. What I always think like, is he really? Does he know that once he reaches eighty eight? You know, did that just go in one ear and out the other when him and Doc were talking? And he's thinking, you know, there's if I can get to 90, maybe I can outrun these guys. Yeah, he totally is forgotten because yeah. it's like when he gets he zaps into that field. He's just like. Ah! Ah! Don't you love that? That he's crashed in the hay bale. I still, when I watch that scene, how did the DeLorean get in that position from when it crashed in the park? Yeah, yeah. Let's just forget about that, okay? Suspension of disbelief. It's a time machine. And the door opens. The whole family. That ain't no airplane. Look. Yeah. (laughs) The whole family's out to see what's going on. Sorry about your barn. Dad, shoot him! He's already mutated to human form! (laughs) It's the old man Peabody, which has already been established by Doc Brown, a guy who wanted to turn the whole, all of Hill Valley breed pine trees. Mm -hmm. And there's two trees there, and he takes out one of them, and he goes, You You space bastard! You kill my pine! And then they show Peabody mailbox... One thing I want to know there, are they telegraphing way too much what they're referencing here in the movie? Like, are they going, okay... I think it's fun. It is fun. later on. Like, they're they're it, trying extra hard to be clever. Yeah. But it's still fun. It, it's like they had no idea. I think they were entertaining themselves. Yeah, I do love the reference. It. But also, I just wondered, like, after I watched the movie in, uh, many times, did they overplay that where it's like okay we get it but maybe not because uh, no, they're entertaining themselves they're having fun yeah and i do love that in the movie uh because later on when we see lone pine i love that <laughs> i think it's hilarious the fact that that has persisted through history yeah there was only one pine <laughs> and the fact that the guy's pine tree got killed it's like it never sat right with him again yeah. where he's like i'm changing it to lone pine he never recovered that in fact that's probably what stopped him from wanting to become a pine tree farmer <laughs> yeah it's like why didn't he ever try to grow another one no he they killed the tree it's over his yeah. dream is dead <laughs> it was probably his favorite tree <laughs> marty uh hides the delorean and uh goes into town I do love that. Every time I watch it, the bum, 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 And he's walking around. And, and it just shows how beautiful and idyllic Hill Valley is. Like, yeah. what This is Hill Valley? Oh, yeah. One thing I forgot to say, Marty sees Lion Estates before it's even built. Yeah, it's just a doesn't he, he hides the sign. Yeah, right He hides the car the behind a sign for it, right? Mm-hmm. Texaco is still there. <laughs> like, even in the nope. 50s, it's never changed location. Full service. No, don't you love that where they all run out? I haven't seen a full service gas station in ages. I remember my dad chuckling at that. I think he remembers that from childhood where they would guys would run out and actually help you and stuff. Yeah. When I was a kid, my dad worked three jobs because he had, you know, three daughters and a son. And one of the jobs was at the Amico station. Go there and they would do your windows, check your oil, check your tire pressure. Go in, you'd wheel over that little tube and it would ding, ding. 
they would come out and pump your gas for you and do everything. It was cool. Full service rule. Hell yeah. You, didn't have, you never had to get out of the car. One thing I wanted to notice, like uh, I wanted to point out, was that we see Miller beer in the background along with Texaco. So we ha- yeah. we still have that corporate uh, sponsor there, <laughs> the product placement. Like you said, they probably spent so much money that they needed it. Yeah, definitely. I do love movies for 50 cents and air-conditioned theater. I air love that. Con- that's big. I would totally go to the movies there in Hill Valley in the 55. Absolutely. I Whenever I see old buildings, like where I grew up, there was an old building next to what was now St. Agnes Church, uh, where I grew up in Ritchieville, Pennsylvania. And there was a building next to it that kind of faded paint on the side it said roxy theater it was one of those old theaters and like i'm obsessed with old theaters now because of that because of knowing there was an old theater in my hometown my little dinky coal town like i anytime i see like old theater buildings i'm like obsessed with them i just want to know the history of it the films that were shown there there's that greatness who saw the movies there i love stuff like that totally i'm right there with you I love when it shows the whole town, you see the clock tower chimes. It works. Kicking away. Tick-tocking. I guess the fitness place is now a diner. You know what's one thing that when you see in the present day, that fitness place really looks like an empty building, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that whole thing uh, with Lou's diner when he goes, Hey, kid, what'd you do, jump ship? What? What's with the life preserver? because <laughs> yeah. he's wearing that orange vest thing and i remember I those it, vests how they made fun of that 80s fashion yeah it was great it was, that was wonderful because it was lampooning that whole thing like if well early before he even has the life preserver on when he's with jennifer he has a denim jacket with denim jeans and it's yeah. just like denim overload i know when i was a kid i was like oh man i want that denim jacket that's cool man denim on denim marty was cool was a denim man. shirt marty was awesome and marty's I got to be marty mcfly he's even got suspenders yeah the scene in the diner when he you know he looks up doc brown and he's like oh thank god you're alive and he the guy's like are you gonna order anything <laughs> and he goes uh yeah give me give me a tab tab i can't give you a tab unless you order something all right give me a pepsi free you want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Tab is a Coke product, I believe. <laughs> right. And they, Pepsi, Pepsi wanted them to remove it from the film, and they uh-huh. didn't. They said they did, but they didn't. Yeah, well, I guess Marty has a thing against sugar. I don't know. Yeah, it's the 80s, you know. Maybe that's why his family's miserable. They eat sugar, and that's Too why he doesn't. Too much sugar. But, of course, this is where we meet who but George. George McFly. E- eating cereal yeah. in a diner. We never get to see George's uh, upbringing at home. Like, he's eating out a lot, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, we see him doing laundry at some point in the film, but we never see, like, home life, no. But who goes to a diner in the morning before school and eats cereal? I always thought he was eating oatmeal, but this last time I was watching it, it looks kind of like cornflakes. Yeah, he's eating, <laughs> I was like, always corn- wondering what the hell he's eating. He's eating cornflakes or Wheaties or something, but... Yeah. Hey, McFly! When uh, Biff shows up, it's the exact conversation they had in present day where he wants his homework done. What do you think you're doing? Biff. Hey, I'm talking to you, McFly, you Irish bug. Oh, hey, Biff. Hey, guys. How are you doing? You got my homework finished, McFly? Uh, 
Well, actually, I figured since it wasn't due till Monday. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with fly. Think. I gotta have time to recopy it. You realize what would happen if I hand in my homework and your handwriting? I'd get kicked out of school. You wouldn't want that to happen, would you? Would you? Well, now, of course not. No, I wouldn't no. want that to happen. And he's banned him from even going to lose. <laughs> what is he saying? Check this out. Dorco thinks he's going to drown because he's got the life vest on. <laughs> so what are you looking at, butthead? Hey, Biff, get all of this guy's life preserver. Dork thinks he's going to drown. Yeah. One thing that I think is crazy, because we know who Billy Zane is now. Yes. What is How- Billy Zane doing hanging out with them? Yeah, he's... Does he fit with those no, guys no he doesn't because they look so dorky and he he looks like all dapper and he's like and this classic and, yeah handsome kind of guy he looks like he could be errol flynn or something standing there but he just looks it's totally out of place so when uh that scene happens with biff and everything and they leave uh marty gets to see his dad for the first time and it's like shock and uh, Goldie, <laughs> Goldie Wilson is Goldie there. Goldie Wilson. Say, what do you let those boys push you around like that for? Well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. You know, he's got a good... good. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, he he's, wanna, he's got sound logic. He doesn't want to get the crap beat out of him. And he goes, you can make something of yourself one day. You could be mayor. Look at me. You think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Watch it, Goldie. No, sir. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to night school. And one day, I'm going to be somebody. That's right. He's going to be mayor. Yeah, I'm going to... Mayor. Now, that's a good idea. I could run for mayor. Mayor. Yeah, and but it works. It's funny. When Lou says... A colored mayor. That'll be the day. Mayor, it's yeah. like, whoa. That just doesn't fit anymore. No, it doesn't. But he goes to chase after George, and we see George has climbed up a tree. That's a great scene. He's got yeah, the... George like slips out without him even realizing it. He's <laughs> talking to Goldie. And I love as he's riding away, he goes, cling, cling, with his little bell. <laughs> yeah, just a warning. You know, he's entering traffic. <laughs> he's in the tree, and he's like, he's a peeping Tom. And then it's not until, you know, he falls in the street and then a car comes and he go he pushes him out of the way that you're like, oh, shit, this is exactly how he meets his mom. One of these goddamn kids jumped in front of my car again. Stella! Another one of these damn kids jumped in front of my car! I know. Did you love the dad? it's happened before. <laughs> yeah. It's like the dad's not paying attention. But I love the dad's outfit there. He's wearing the weird outfit, that coat. I wonder what yeah, that is. Yeah, he's got like this full-length coat, weird hat. He looks all bulky. He does, he does. But we get to meet Lorraine, uh, Marty's mom. Mm-hmm. But what, what's good about that scene is he thinks he's home back in present day. Oh, he had yeah, a terrible, yeah, terrible nightmare. dream. Mom? Is that you? You're there now. Just relax. You've been asleep for almost nine hours now. Horrible nightmare. Dreamed that I went back in time. It was terrible. Well, safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? You're my, you're my, 
My name is Lorraine. Then we get to see his mom. Leah Thompson, by the way, always thought was hot. Oh, my God. Back she's in the 80s. Gore- she's stunning in this scene. Stunning. Yeah. Just that, that like, meek quality and just gorgeous. Yeah, I always like, loved I, her. I was just, I was watching it again last night and just like, wow, she really is pretty. One thing like, that I- they established about in the movie, like, she's just not into boys. She's full-on boy she, crazy. Yeah, like, she's she's got um she's got some serious issues going on. She wants on there. to like she's begging her parents to let him spend the night. Yeah, she she doesn't want to like hold hands and and like cuddle. I think she she's she's, she's full, full on wants it. She's full on horn dog. Yeah, she wants it. She yeah. doesn't know what she wants, but she wants it. She yes, can't she be is. controlled kind of thing. It's kind of crazy. Like she's now, even the mom is like, Lorraine, are you up there? Like they know, like, watch out. This girl's going to be trouble. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, it's my mom. And she like, put your pants back on. I love the like she took his pants off, you know, because she keeps calling him Calvin. I've never seen purple underwear before, Calvin. Why, why do you keep calling me Calvin? Well, that is your name, isn't it? Calvin Klein? It's written all over your underwear. Ah. And she's never seen purple underwear before. Oh, that's, that's, I think that's what it endeared her to him. <laughs> yeah. When, when we get to meet her family, I love that the dad's like, Oh, oh, oh look at it roll. Now we can watch Jackie Gleason while we eat. You know, it's like exciting to watch TV while eating. And, oh, yeah, but, I've seen this one. It's a rerun. <laughs> hey, hey, I've seen this one. I've seen this one. This is a classic. This is uh, where Ralph dresses up as a man from space. What do you mean you've seen this? It's brand new. Yeah, well, I saw it on a rerun. It's a rerun. You'll find out. And you get, yeah, it's, it's Jason the Hervey. Brother, it's the big brother from um, Wonder Years. Wonder Years, yeah. I love the... Because earlier in the movie... In present day, we hear about Jailbird Joey. He mm-hmm. didn't make parole. Then we get to meet Joey when he's a baby. He goes, and over there in the playpen is little baby Joey. So you're my Uncle Joey. Better get used to these bars, kid. Ah. Yes, Joey just loves being in his playpen. He cries whenever we take him out, so we just leave him in there all the time. That's why he's, he's institutionalized even as a baby. <laughs> right. Oh, and did you notice who Lorraine's mom is? No. It's the mom from Gremlins. Oh, yeah, you're right. Holy <laughs> shit. Why have I never put that together? It's, I was just like, oh, it's a Gremlins mom. But one thing I uh, love is when uh, Marty go ask where a certain street is. And he goes, well, you go this way. John goes, F. Kennedy Drive. Do you, do you know where Riverside Drive is? It's uh, in the other end of town, a block past Maple. East end of town. Well, not block past Maple. That's, uh, that's John F. Kennedy Drive. Who the hell is John F. Kennedy? But we get one of the uh, a great scene here where uh, Marty goes to Doc's, yeah. Doc Brown's house, and he's got that thing on his head. And he's like, <laughs> don't say a word. And we're, Wait, Doc, I really got to talk to you. No, 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 no. Just stay there. And he, he sticks puts that suction cup <laughs> just right on his forehead. Doc? Don't say a word. Doc, I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know anything about you. Listen, Doc. Quiet. I'm going to read your thoughts. Let's see now. You come here from a great distance? Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me. 
you want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post? No. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word now. Quiet. Uh, donations. You want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary? No. But I love how he goes, and he goes, Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all. (laughs) He goes, okay, hotshot, who's the president? (laughs) One thing, when you watch that movie in the 80s, Reminds you of how ridiculous this era is you live in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doctors, it really but... does. I'm telling the truth, Doc. You gotta believe me. Then tell me, future boy, <laughs> who's president of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, the actor. <laughs> then who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. But I love that whole scene because he doesn't believe Barney. He thinks he's pulling a prank until he tells him, you know, it's like you told me or you were hanging a clock on the wall. And hanging a and clock on the wall. Yeah. Doc, the, the, the bruise, the bruise in your head. I know how that happened. You told me the whole story. You were standing on your toilet and you were hanging a clock and you fell and you hit your head on the sink. And that's when he came up with the idea for the flux capacitor, which is what makes time travel possible. And then he shows him the DeLorean and the flux capacitor. I love the flux capacitor. We don't know what it does. But I would, it's awesome. well, yeah. But there's absolutely no explanation to how the flux capacitor works, but it doesn't matter because it's cool. It, it makes it makes time travel possible. But I love when he shows them the video. You remember he's got the video camera, and he hooks it up, and he's explained everything, and he's like... It's a television studio. <laughs> when he goes, why are you wearing that radiation suit? Oh, of course, because of all the atomic wars. Yes. <laughs> he thinks he's wearing a radiation suit because we have atomic wars. Yeah, and, the nuclear fallout in the uh, future. And he goes, of course, the 1.21 gigawatts of power. Uh, that, of course, we always... This movie has so many lines that we know from... Just, it's in our lexicon, and one is 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Great Scott! What? What the hell is a gigawatt? It's part of uh, our life. The best line is when Marty goes, What the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> no one knows. Apparently. Because he's so upset, he just leaves. That's what I love is Doc Brown just leaves. Doc, my only hope. Marty, I'm sorry, but the only power source capable of generating 1.21 gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of lightning. What did you say? A bolt of lightning. Unfortunately, you never know when or where it's ever going to strike. We do now. This is it. This is the answer. It says here, 
that a bolt of lightning is going to strike the clock tower precisely 10.04 p.m. next Saturday night? We do now. And then they have the whole setup. Save the clock tower. I love it. It's genius, isn't it? It really is. It's it's simple. You know, there's no true way to exactly predict and they, what point in that minute was that struck. I read different things where they were going to have him drive on a atomic testing range and stuff. Yeah. This was the most simple, and it was a good idea. It kept it home, kept it in Hill Valley. Yeah. It was perfect. Did I it. think as they narrowed it down, as they broke it down, the script, like, well, that's just too big. You yeah, know, it and it's worked. funny because I guess because so many people want to, you know, they interview you about your movie. They ask, you know, like, so what were some of the ideas that you didn't go with? And yeah. at that point, they should probably say, oh, I don't want to discuss those. It doesn't matter. But they do give all the fans that so we can talk about it later, you know? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun yeah. to speculate. You're glad that none of it actually Yeah, you're like, you know, wow, happened. these are awful ideas, you know? I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, deleted scenes from the next film that you're glad were never put into the film. Right. Because it don't work well. Yeah, isn't it crazy how many things you don't realize doesn't work until you shoot it? Until you actually have it on film, then you're like, yeah, this doesn't work. <laughs> but he he delivers the line, we're, we're sending you back to the future. And it's that point when you first see the movie, you're like, that's what the title means. Because I, when you first see the name Back to the Future, I don't know what it means. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is that? What does Back to the Future mean? I don't understand. That's because he's stuck in the past. He's going back to the future. Oh, okay, I get it. But he's like, uh, you need to stay here, Marty, and not interact anything that will affect your future. You must not leave this house. You must not see anybody or talk to anybody. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Do you understand? Yeah, sure. Okay. Marty. Have you interacted with anybody else today besides me? I'm... Yeah, well, I might have sort of bumped into my parents. Great Scott! But we get to see poor uh, George at school getting kicked with the kick-me sign. Always the most clever of things in school, huh? Yes, that's... And how has that persisted? How? I don't know. It's timeless. It's timeless torture. That's him. I get mad at Strickland there. He tears it off George's back and he's like, you're a slacker. You know, why couldn't he? He's obviously a victim here. Stick up for him. But I guess he doesn't think of it. He's a weakling, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's Strickland. If you're if you're not uh, sticking up for yourself or if you're totally unaware that you're being picked on, it's your own damn fault. Yeah, you're a slacker. <laughs> You're a slacker. But that's the best line from Marty. He goes, It's Strickland. Jesus, didn't that guy ever have hair? <laughs> that's a great it line. It looks exactly the same. They they did absolutely nothing with his makeup in the future or the past. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And I love, uh, like, um, Doc Brown looks so out of place in the high school, doesn't he? And I love his, like, he civilian He looks out clothes. of place in the 50s. Like, his clothes, <laughs> just it, it's all brown. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, he's just just he looks strange. He looks I always of- assume Doc Brown had very rich parents who indulged him in his inventor fantasies. You know, they died and he got left a huge um, inheritance. Yeah, he's yeah. never he's obviously never had to work a day in his life. Right. He just it, sits around and creates shit. Even when Marty meets him, you know, we see him. He's in a smoker's jacket, you know, <laughs> Yeah. he's a man child. 
So his whole mission now in this part of the movie is to get George and Lorraine together because he screwed it up by jumping in front of the car. That's where he's like, your mother is infatuated with you. This is more serious than I thought. Apparently your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? Precisely. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, Heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? What? What is this heavy again? Everything's heavy. Is there a problem with the gravitational field in the future? (laughs) He's like, what? I always love Great Scott. Great Scott. I love that whole Crispin Glover vibe, how um, Marty sits down with him. He goes, what are you doing, George? He goes, I'm writing stories. He's science fiction stories with the people who come down from space and he's like get out of town i didn't know you did anything creative yeah, let me read some. oh no 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 i never i never let anybody read my stories why not well what if they didn't like them what if they told me i was no good i guess that would be pretty hard for somebody to understand uh no no, not hard at all. And I love the way Marty's just like, no, I could totally understand. Yeah, I, I get it. Like father, so like son, is, totally, yeah. we're all afraid. And that whole scene, you know, he's like, well, you know, Lorraine lo- really likes you. He goes, well, she looks like she already found somebody, and it's Biff over there. So anyway, George, about Lorraine, she really likes you. She told me to tell you that she wants you to ask her to the enchantment of the sea dance. Really? Oh, yeah. All you got to do... Just go over there and ask her. What, right here, right now in the cafeteria? What if she said no? I don't know if I could take that kind of a rejection. Besides, I think she'd rather go with somebody else. Ah, uh, who? Beth. I want to bring this up. This is a family comedy movie, sci-fi comedy, right? Biff is a rapist, yes, am I? He is a, he is a full-on... Not even just like date rapist where you drug the girl and take her against her will. He is just full on, let me put my hand between your legs rapist. Right. He's like grabbing, pulling up skirts and shit yeah. in front of people. Nothing, no one does anything. No one does about anything. It. It's like, oh, that's Biff. He's just raping. He's like going, like reaching around, grabbing her. She's yeah. like, get your meat hooks off of me. You want it. You know you want it. You know you want me to give it to you. Such a filthy mouth. I'm not that kind of girl. Well, maybe you are, and you just don't know it yet. And he's, like, getting really forceful and scary. Okay, baby. This is, like, shit you call the police for. Yeah, exactly. He should be in jail. But luckily, uh, Marty's there to defend her, which makes it worse because she just falls in love with him more each time. Because there's that great moment where he, uh... He stands up to uh, Biff, and Biff's like, I'm going to let you off with a warning right now. You're the new kid. And I guess no one notices that Marty's not even enrolled in school, dude. Yeah, he's (laughs) just there. But I love that whole bit where he's like, George, George. He goes, why do you keep following me? (laughs) (laughs) I love that whole bit with George. Look, George. I'm telling you, George, if you do not ask Lorraine to that dance, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. But I can't go to the dance. I'll miss my favorite television program, science fiction theater. Yeah, but George, Lorraine wants to go with you. Give her a break. Look, I'm just not ready to ask Lorraine out to the dance. And not you, 
or anybody else on this planet is going to make me change my mind. Did you ever notice? I don't think I did as a kid, but his cassette he puts in is Edward Van Halen. It's not oh, just, is it? It just says Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, it says Van Halen pretty big, but above it it says Edward Van or Edward Van Halen. Yeah, I never noticed that. I knew it was Van Halen. I just didn't know. And I was always wondering, like, why does he have an Edward Van Halen cassette? Like, did that even get released? But all, then I was like, oh, he's a guitarist. He probably is inspired by oh, Eddie Van yeah. Halen. C- carries around a cassette. But I don't know. He keeps it he, like he reminds himself, like, I could be Edward Van Halen. Right. And then we get the funny bit where he's in the radiation suit and he's like... <sighs> My name is Darth Vader. I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. So, see what they did there? They brought Star Wars and Star Trek together. Isn't that yes, great? Yes, they did. But I love later on, you know, he's like, Marty, Marty! <laughs> he's <Yeah>. like totally convinced. <laughs> yeah, he's going to melt my brain. He goes, I think we should keep that to ourselves, George. <laughs> But I love his moment of, like, where George is uh, brave. He goes, give me a milk, chocolate. (laughs) Yeah. And then we have one of the best scenes ever where he's like, I am your density. But, you know, Lorraine is really nice in that scene. She doesn't blow him off. She's just like, I'm sorry, what? Lorraine, my density has brought me to you. What? Oh, what I meant to say. Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Yes. Yes. I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. She lets him get it all out. And then, well, she obviously kind of likes him. You know, at this point, she's so man-hungry that she would probably take him. Yeah, totally. Probably what happened when his, in the original timeline, her dad hit him and brought him home, she probably jumped his bones back then. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm sure she did while he was unconscious. He was defenseless. (laughs) Yeah, she raped him like Biff. Maybe that's where she gets it. Like, she's always the object of, like, you know, like, sexual violence from Biff. Maybe... You know, she thinks that's how you get guys. You just grab them, you know. Yeah, you just grab them. <laughs> Biff totally ruins the scene, you know, with George and Lorraine, where he's like, "And you're flying." <laughs> I thought I told you never to come in here. Well, what's going to cost you? How much money you got on you? Well, how much you want, Biff? But one thing he's like saying, you're going to have to pay how much money you got on you in front of everybody. So he yeah. just like blindly robs the dude in front of everyone. No one gives a shit. Oh, and, that Biff. Now, this scene in the diner when Marty goes, hey, Biff, look over there. And he punches him. And it's Eric Stoltz's hand that punches him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm kidding. But uh, hey, it could be. You don't ever know. We have the best chase scene ever on the first ever skateboard, right? Yep. First ever. I love that scene where you hear a guy go, It's a board with wheels. Wheels! (laughs) What is that? And it shows how awesome Marty is doing all these things, getting away. Well, he's he's heroic. He's, He's... 
courageous and heroic, but he's also uh, like neurotic. Like it's what what George McFly could be. Yeah, totally. There's that scene where uh, they've got him against a bumper, and Biff goes. <laughs> He's going to kill Marty in that scene. Yeah, isn't he? he's he's a raping murderer. Say Marty got stuck there, he totally would have impaled him on that manure truck. He would be yeah. dead. He's yeah, he would have crushed him. him. He he would have split him in half. So he's like, I'm gonna ram him, and then Marty's like, huh? And he like just jumps over it easily, and they crash into the manure. Now, this is the scene I was talking about earlier with Billy Zane. If you watch it, he could not get further away from that manure when that car is going into the side. He kind of dives outward. You mean just like the actor Billy Zane in the yeah, scene? Yeah, Billy Zane. Yeah, the actor Billy Zane. Yeah. He's like, I've had enough of this shit. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I am not, I don't care if this is an actual shit. I don't want any of it on my perfectly coiffed hair. <laughs> like, he like dives out and then in. He's so reluctant. Oh, and another thing, when he's going to ram Marty, they're like throwing bottles and shit like glass bottles at him yeah they are trying to kill him they're trying to kill marty they're a, a rapist a band of rapists and murderers <laughs> <laughs> yes they're they're terrible terrible human beings and it's the 50s you know rapist murderers it's pretty common yeah let's say take, was... what, take what you want kill who you want it's, it was a pretty rough time and then when marty gets back to uh first he gives the kid his uh skateboard back Thanks a lot, kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he uh, goes back to the lab... And this scene is made all the better by part two and just seeing how that develops. You know, you go like, oh, I've seen this before, but I love to see how it originally was. Right. Where uh, Doc is uh, watching the video. They found us, Marty. You know, get out of here. And he, you, there's obviously some kind of danger happening and he keeps yeah. rewinding it. He's like, talk about that night. Doc? Oh, hi, Mike. I didn't hear you come in. Uh, fascinating device. It's video unit. Listen, Doc. You know, there's something I haven't told you about the night we made that Please, Marty, don't tell me. No man should know too much about his own I destiny. I don't understand. I do understand. If I know too much about my own future, I can endanger my own existence. Just as you've endangered yours. You're right. What I love about the scene, uh, the line where he shows him the model of Hill Valley, and he goes, Please excuse the crudity of this model. I didn't have time to build it to scale or to paint it. It's good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's this perfectly scale model. Each film has that scale model. Yeah, where it always gets progressively, like... It's overly more, detailed. Yeah, more elaborate. And every time it's like a disaster, where it's like, you're not yeah. instilling me with the most confidence here. Well, my favorite... This is, this is, honestly, this scene has my biggest laugh of the entire movie. The car hits, and then it runs off the table, and it's run into the garage, and there's this gigantic can of oily rag. <laughs> yeah. Just there huge and, fire hazard yeah it, it just runs right into it and the reaction that christopher lloyd does that <gasps> yeah like i laugh my ass off every time he does two of those in the movie that's the first one he's like <gasps> release
And then later on, I love it on the clock tower when he goes, <laughs> That's like my favorite one. <laughs> so, so over the top. Just great. I don't know how anybody kept a straight face on the set during that. I would love to, I would have loved to have been there or seen the behind the scenes. Oh, I know. Basically, Lorraine shows up and she asks Marty to the dance. So yeah. then Marty comes up. With and the- again, another facial reaction from Christopher Lloyd where he walks behind her and gives Marty this look like, what the hell? Is happening. <laughs> it's just, it's just he's, he kinda, reaction. he's leaning over on the car and he's kind of looking at him like, Holy. just like, what are you doing? So Marty comes up with the idea for George to intervene. He's going mm-hmm. to be a jerk to Lorraine and then George gets to defend her. And he's like, I still don't understand. How am I supposed to go to the dance with her if she's already going to the dance with you? Because George, she wants to go with you. She just doesn't know it yet. That's why we got to show her that you, George McFly, are a fighter. You're somebody who's going to stand up for yourself. Somebody who's going to protect her. Yeah, but I've never picked a fight in my entire life. Look, you're not going to be picking a fight, Dad. Dad, Dad, Daddy-O. You're coming to a rescue, right? Okay, let's go over the plan again. 8.55, where are you going to be? I'm going to be at the dance. Right, and where am I going to be? You're going to be in the car with her. Right, okay, so right around 9 o'clock, she's going to get very angry with me. Why is she going to get angry with you? Well, because, George, nice girls get angry when uh, guys take advantage of them. Oh, you mean you're going to go touch her on her... No, no, George, look, it's just an act, right? Hey, he goes, I want you to say... You're lying, George. What's your line? Oh, uh, hey, you, get your damn hands off her. You really think I ought to swear? Yes, definitely. God damn it, George, swear. Okay. God, God damn, damn it, George, it. yes, swear. <laughs> and that's where he gives the line to George, like... George, there's nothing to be scared of. All it takes is a little self-confidence. You know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And this is what I always wonder watching the movie when they're back in the future and George's dad tells Marty, how do they not remember Marty? How did they not go, holy shit, that was our son? Holy shit, our son is a, is, is Calvin Klein, is Marty, Marty from when we were, do you remember him, Lorraine? Yeah, I do. I would totally have a hotspot. Yeah, how does that not start a whole nother story? I don't know. How would they not? I would love to see that story where the parents finally realize that Marty was Marty. Because how does his dad not go, son, you did this for me. When I was a kid, I wondered, maybe you just don't remember when you're older. Okay, now I'm 41 years old. You remember shit. I remember minutia from high school that I shouldn't. You know, you're going to remember the biggest moment of your life. You remember people you went to dances with, you know, Lorraine went to the dance with Marty. You remember, uh, fights you got in his purple underwear. I mean, yeah. you can remember these things. You'd remember when your when dad, you, when you it. wash your son's purple underwear, do you not go Calvin Klein purple? Uh, underwear? Also, wouldn't you remember if your dad ever hit a kid with a car, you would remember it your whole life. Come on. Yeah. So there's a little kind of license you take there, but maybe George does remember. He does write that book. Remember in the book cover, the um uh, the radiation suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brought them together. 
one thing I love is the scene, you know, after he convinces George and they got the plan in motion, he, Doc and Marty have a conversation together where he tells him that, you know, you've really brought meaning to my life, Marty. Say, you know, Marty, I'm going to be very sad to see you go. You've really made a difference in my life. You've given me something to shoot for. Just knowing that I'm going to be around to see 1985, that I'm going to succeed in this, that I'm going to have a chance to travel through time. It's going to be really hard waiting 30 years before I can talk to you about everything that's happened in the past few days. I'm really going to miss you, Marty. And at this point in the movie, we've all, we've seen a movie, we're watching it for the first time, we think Doc is dead. He's been killed. He never gets to travel through time. He's dead, yeah. right? So yeah. you feel really bad. And by the way, at this point in the movie, I can never believe the movie's almost over at this point. I know. Isn't it, it, the movie moves at such a click that the pacing is, is astounding. Yeah, it's just like all of a sudden, okay, he's ready for the dance, you know, yeah. and it's like, holy shit, this. Yeah, because I, I thought exactly that that same thing last night because you know him and Lorraine are in the car, and I'm just like, wow, this is almost over. So he writes him the letter telling him that I, one thing I love is he goes, "You will be gunned down by terrorists." <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't want to be subtle about it. Dear Doctor Brown, on the night that I go back in time. You will be shot by terrorists. Please take whatever precautions are necessary to prevent this terrible disaster. Your friend, Marty. Wait, could you imagine reading that in the 50s? Like, he puts a letter together and go, what the hell are terrorists? Terrorists? What? Are they beatniks? This must be... Jack. Is it Jack Kerouac? Post-atomic po- apocalypse terrorist. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, wow. I, wouldn't your imagination run wild? It would be like Road Warrior. If I knew, like, someone says, Jason, when you're 40 years old, you'll be gunned down by terrorists, I would think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I would too. And obviously he couldn't He couldn't let it go because he saved the letter after ripping it up. Right. I love when the cop goes, what do you got here, uh, Doc? And he's like, oh, just a weather experiment. <laughs> and he's like, what's under here? Oh, that's very sensitive uh, medical or, or weather equipment. Don't you got a permit for that? Of course I do. Of course. Like, what's told- he, I bet you he takes the cop out back, hits him on the back of the head with a wrench and hides him. <laughs> and like, well, I always like, doesn't seem like he got a permit for something that shouldn't exist. He's totally just bribing him there, isn't he? He opens his wallet. Yeah, I assume he does. Yeah. He gives him a couple of hundred bucks, probably. Maybe a 50. I don't know. What, 1955, probably a couple of 50 bucks is probably like 200 bucks back then. So yeah, he probably just gives him a 50. One thing I think is funny at the dance, because the plan is for uh, George at a certain time to walk out to the car, but they show him chilling at the dance by himself for a while. is a genius in this movie i think he's yeah. so great yeah just that that awkward alone dance <laughs> yeah one thing i wanted to know this because I, I didn't think about this before until i read it that uh 
maybe George has some liquid courage in him because the spike was punched in Back to the, the Future. Wait, 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 wait. Spike was punched? The punch was spiked. The punch was spiked. <laughs> In Back to the Future 2, they show Biff spiking the punch. Yes. But in Back to the Future, he's waiting and he's drinking a lot of punch. He's dancing. Maybe he had some liquid courage he's in him. He's drunk. Yeah. He's drunk. Which is fantastic. But we have a great moment here with Marty and his mom where uh, she drinks. <laughs> and smokes. I love that whole scene. He goes, what do you drink? Marty, don't be such a square. And he's like, do you mind if we park for a while. That's a great idea. I'd love to park. Huh? Marty, I'm almost 18 years old. It's not like I've never parked before. What? Marty, you seem so nervous. Is something wrong? No, no. No. Lorraine, Lorraine, what are you doing? I swiped it from the old lady's liquor cabinet. Yeah, well... You shouldn't drink. Why not? Because you you might regret it later in life. Don't be such a square. Everybody who's anybody drinks. Jesus, you smoke too? Marty, you're beginning to sound just like my mother. And I love where he turns around and she's taking her coat off, showing cleavage, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> When he's kind of having this moment with his mom, and then she mm-hmm. wants, she's gonna jump Marty's bones. She wants yes. it. She's gonna whatever. Yeah. I don't know if she's had sex before, but she says. I don't that, think she, she's just eager to know what it is. Well, she said that she's been. It's not like this is the first time I've been in a car, Marty. Oh, that's true. Well acquainted with the back seat. Right. So when she goes to kiss him, that scene where she pulls back, and she's like, "This is all wrong." I, I don't know what it is, but when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. I guess that doesn't make any sense, does it? Believe me, it makes perfect sense. When Biff shows up and he's like, well, what do we have here? And he like sees down her shirt and he's like, well, yeah. I think I'm going to stay here and rape Lorraine, you guys. You go beat up. Uh, go, yeah, go stuff Marty in a trunk while I rape this defenseless woman. Because she's like, no, 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 no. Against her will. And he's like, no, oh, no, stay right here with me. Come on, Lorraine. Come on. Don't leave her alone, you bastard. You got, take him in back, all right? I'll be right there. Come on. Well, go on. This ain't no peep show. He's, is he going to rape her? Is he? I think I think that George walks in on them mid-rape. Like, did this happen in the lot in the fifties? What's going on here? <laughs> did it happen a lot in the fifties? Fifties, you know, a lot of children born in the fifties were children of rape. Okay, because you think about this, this movie is in the fifties. Biff is just this common bully at first, but now yeah. we've determined he's willing to murder and rape someone. He's a murdering rapist thug, right? So why do you have him washing your car in present day? (laughs) Cut him out of your life forever, right? He should be in prison. They should go to the police and say, 
he was raping her whenever I came to her defense, and but everyone Th- saw it. Thomas Wilson has that Biff voice perfect. He goes, look at what we have here. You yeah, know? yeah. We have the uncomfortable moment where they throw Marty in a trunk, and he's like, what the hell are you doing to my car? Hey, beat it, spook. This don't concern you. Yeah, and I love whenever they all get out of the car. Who are you calling spook, Peckerwood? Hey, hey, listen, guys. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? Get home to your boy. Peckerwood. He goes, we don't want any reefer addicts. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to mess with no reefer addicts. And I always assume they go and run and beat the shit out of them, right? I would hope so. And they deserve we, it. There's a, okay, those guys chased after him. Marvin Barry didn't, but the, the other guys did. Mm-hmm. I guess they give up and they come back. But there's a part in Back to the Future 2 where they see uh, Marty. He's in a disguise, and they chase after him. And then they wait on stage as other Marty is playing Johnny B. Good, and they're waiting there with sticks and stuff. Those black guys know you, and they wanted to kick your ass. They uh, That part always bothers me, because it's yeah, only yeah. minutes later, right? Yeah, it is. So they would totally get their asses kicked, and they wouldn't be waiting there, I think. No. no. <laughs> they, would be in, they would be in a heap behind the auditorium. They go, oh, shit, it's those guys, and they go hide, wouldn't they? It's those reefer heads again. It's those reefer addicts, man. Okay, but now we cut to the scene where George goes to the car because he thinks Marty's in there, and it's Biff. And does she love his body language there? He's like, oh, shit. Hey, you, get your damn hands off. Oh, I think you got the wrong car, McFly. George, help me, please. Just turn around, McFly, and walk away. Are you deaf, McFly? Close the door and beat it. Biff's scary in this scene because... He is. George, I think you want to leave. I forget what he says, but he's like basically giving the opportunity to forget what he sees and just go away. Mm-hmm. And I love George there. He's like, No, Biff. You leave her alone. All right, McFly. You're asking for it. And now you're going to get it. I love George's journey in this of, like, weakling to know he's had enough of this shit, you know? Yeah, the way he goes, he goes for, like, a body punch. Biff grabs his arm, twists him. He's, like, pathetic. He got Lorraine yelling, help, let him go, you're going to break his arm. And he just mans up. Are you okay? I love knocks the shit out of Biff. Don't you love that spin punch he does? Yep. You know, that, he basically, you know, just does a <laughs> spin, slams against the car, and goes flat on his back. And I love how immediately everyone's in the parking like, "Whoa, who was that? Did you see who that was? That's George McFly." Who is that guy? That's George McFly. That's George McFly. Yeah, everybody's like, wow, somebody actually stood up to the raping murderer. But I guess now we have to deal with the other guy. That's what's funny is because that moment in there, but then when they get in the dance, the redheaded guy's like, yeah, that guy's- <laughs> like, did he not just see that George McFly laid out Biff Tannen? 
Yeah, he's like, ah, ha, 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 that weird yeah, that laugh. Laugh. Oh. It's like, is everyone lit at this dance or what? Yeah, well, the, the punch is spiked. The spike is punched. The spike is punched. Okay, I, we haven't even brought up this, the picture of him and his brother and sister that's fading. Mm-hmm. He sees his brother's almost completely gone. I think all you see is feet. And yeah. he's like, my parents are back together, I guess, but nothing has changed in the picture. So he tells Marvin Barry, hey, you got to get in there and play a song so they can kiss. I love how he tells this guy. Hey, guys, you got to get back in there and finish the dance. Hey, man, look at Marvin's hand. He can't play with his hand like that, and we can't play without him. Yeah, well, look, Marvin. Marvin, you got to play. See, that's where they kiss for the first time on the dance floor. And if there's no music, they can't dance. If they can't dance, they can't kiss. If they can't kiss, they can't fall in love, and I'm history. Hey, man, the dance is over. Unless uh, you know somebody else that can play the guitar. And it's Earth Angel, Earth Angel. Yep. But one one of my favorite parts of the movie, this is probably one of it, with uh, Alan Silvestri's score, where the nerdy redhead guy kind of grabs Lorraine, and then that scary music starts playing, that zzzz. May I just say that I forgive Back to the Future for a lot of things, but the effects of Marty looking at a see-through hand... Oh, the mat. You can see the black mat around his hand. It's and all always that. been pretty bad, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's all, even in the 80s, it was bad. Yeah, even in the 80s, it wasn't good. Uh, may I say that I think the effects are better than the first Back to the Future than they are in the second one. <laughs> they are. They absolutely are. I think they tried to do too much... I just think the technology in the second one. But also, if you look at like when principal photography started and when it finished, I don't think they had time to perfect anything in Back to the Future Two. No, no. I think they were lucky in Back to the Future Three that most of it was in the old West, so they didn't have to worry about a lot of crazy. uh, Yeah, there was uh, a lot of stuff that they didn't have to worry about in that one. Right, but uh, all they had to worry about in that one was a flying train. (laughs) Yeah. Probably one of the worst effects in Back to the Future 3 is it works for the movie, okay, but it doesn't look good. It's when Doc is holding Mary Steenburgen on the hoverboard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> doesn't yes. look and good. And then they kind of float away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get what they were going for there, and that's fine. But uh, but so, okay, George pushes flames away, the carrot top kid. Excuse me. <clears throat> And he kisses her, and then Marty's back. He's yeah, he just pops right up. And all of the guys are like, "Come on, man, we we gotta do something that really cooks." Then he like spits out this stuff. Oh, doing a blues riff and B, trying there to keep go. up with the changes. Yeah, I love. He's like, try to keep up. When you first saw this, where you're like, "Oh, he's totally gonna play a Huey Lewis song right here." <laughs> that would have been awesome. He's gonna play. I want a new drug. Oh man, this is gonna be awesome. Do you got a guy who plays sax here? <laughs> it's it's essential. All right, uh, all right. This is uh, this is an oldie, but uh, well, it, it's an oldie where I come from. 
Alright guys, uh, listen, this is the Blues Riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Okay, when you watch this scene now where he's playing Johnny B. Good, do you picture the other Marty climbing up on stage towards the sandbags or do you just forget yes, about and, that? And, no, no, I don't. I actually put it out of my head, crawling across the top of the stage. Yeah. There's a, there's some part, parts of me when I watch Back to the Future 2 where I wish they didn't go back to 1955. Yeah. But I guess it's okay. The movie exists or whatever. There's nothing you can do about it. But this movie stands fine on its own, honestly. It does. It does. If there was never another one, it it would have been fine. I yeah, think. totally. Because it works so well. And then that open-ended ending, it well, just like leaves so much up to the imagination. Can you imagine the amount of fan fiction there would be on the internet right now for it? Well, think about this. Like George just knocked out Biff in front of everybody. He's mm-hmm. going to wake up feeling like a loser and just go home. But instead, we know that he has his sports almanac, and he goes driving in the car, and then Marty goes after him, and he goes and tries to kill Marty some more. It's just, none of that happens. Come it on. Gets, yeah, it gets very complicated. Yeah, I'd rather he just go home feeling like a loser, and he doesn't ever pick on George again. You know what I mean? Think about it right now. Like in Back to the Future 2, he's still a cold blooded killer wanting to kill Marty. Yeah, Why would he wake is. up the next day not Back wanting? Back to the Future 2 is the Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it is right. it is dark, dark, dark. Well, and he becomes this emasculated pussy who washes cars and waxes them. I still but believe. But he has his own. It's, it's his own company. It's right. It's Biff's auto detailing or whatever. So, I mean, he's he made something of himself. But He's getting you, paid to do it. This Biff here, I would think, would the next day go and get revenge on George. He wouldn't absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He would kill him, just like in the second in the second film. He shoots George. You know, it's in not 19- said, but it's yeah, yeah. He says that this is the gun I used to kill your father, or whatever. Yeah. See, it makes it more difficult when you have sequels. <laughs> it does. It make it complicates everything. But then, oh, the part where Marty's uh, playing uh, Johnny B. Good, I love the guy goes, Hey, Chuck! 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 It's Marvin! Your cousin, Marvin Barry! You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! (laughs) It's like so telegraphed. (laughs) We need to make this as obvious as possible! Remember you were looking for a new sound? New sound, yes. And he even does the uh, the Chuck Berry. What do they call that? The um, the duck walk. The duck walk. But then I love Lorraine's like very interesting music, Marty. She almost sounds like, like she does as a mom. There. Full, I mean, that was a ho- just horrible guitar riff. Whenever he starts losing it and going all over the floor and doing the Angus Young kick and knocking <laughs> yeah. over the uh, the the amp. <laughs>
Okay, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. But your kids are going to love it. No, <laughs> really, they're not. Well, my favorite part of that is Marvin Berry looking at his guitar like he did something to it. Like That's the other thing that always bothered me in the movie was in the opening. We're going all the way back to the beginning now. What the hell was with that ukulele guitar that he has at the very beginning of the movie when he plugs it into the gigantic amp? The thing is tiny. I never it's noticed, like, honestly. It's not even like a full guitar. It's like this tiny little guitar with this long neck. It drives me nuts. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and look. I don't think yeah. I've ever noticed. It's not a full-size guitar. It's like a <laughs> big guitar. Oh, and another thing in that scene, I love how Strickland has his ears covered. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> he's looking that? at him angry. Yeah. like. Oh, and then, you know, when Marty's doing that, they cut to the dog going... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Where is that kid? Damn. Damn, damn. I love it. He's got watches all over his wrists. So then we have uh, Marty. He's not going back in that zoot suit. And he's going to get in the car. Remember, he goes, you should have seen it. My old man laid out Biff. What? The old man really came through. It worked. What? He laid out Biff in one punch. I didn't know he had it in him. He's never stood up to Biff in his life. So now we get, you know, we're like, hmm, what could he mean there? Interesting, because we obviously know, even as a kid, I think we knew he changed something in, yeah. that's going to affect the future. One thing that's funny is this whole scene, you know, where they've got to hurry because the lightning storm's coming. And he goes, what's this? And he has the envelope, the message that and he goes, I told yeah. you, I, it'll affect my future. That whole scene, I always picture a fan blowing on them. And the <laughs> Robert Zemeckis says, yell as loud as you can. Because in this scene, they're yelling at each other, you know. What's the meaning of this? You find out in 30 years. It's about the future, isn't it? It's information about the future. I warn you about this, kid. The consequences could be disastrous. That's a risk you're going to have to take. Your life depends on it. No, I refuse to accept the responsibility. In that case, I'll tell you straight out. This whole sequence, even I don't care how many times I've seen it, I still get tense. I'm I'm totally tense during the entire thing. I'm just like, like hurry! Like uh, they couldn't have paced it or cut it any better because it's it drives me nuts each time. As a kid, I had a hard time watching it. Like, yeah, I knew you're just gonna it make really it is back, on the edge of your seat moment, and I love like uh, when he says, you know, even when the doc climbs up on the tower. He's like, I have to tell you about the future! Like, he's not giving up. And then he's like, there's no time. So he goes and he gets in the car and he's like, oh, shit. And he drives away. And he's like, wait, I got a time machine. I got all the time I want. I got a time machine. I can just go back early and warn him. Okay. Ten minutes ought to do it. The first thing I think is like, oh shit, don't, please don't fuck with anything. You know, just yeah, keep, stick don't to touch the, the time, sir. Yeah, stick with the plan, please. But I love that part where he goes, flux capacitor, fluxing. <laughs> like, it's like, whatever it does. Whatever, you know, the fluxingness. 
we were talked about this earlier. Two of Doc's best moments. One was the the oily rags catching a fire, and this one where <laughs> he's yanking on the wire, and then he goes clink, and it pulls off, and he goes. <laughs> love that scene it cracks me up no matter how many times i see it they, you know, everything is going wrong in that moment did he honestly think that this massive storm with a huge elect uh, lightning strike was going to be easy i know <laughs> and then when let's uh, just string cables all over the place i love marty he's in the car and the car dies on him and he's like no yeah. no 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 <laughs> No, no, no. Not this time. Come on, come on. You know when he finally gets the car started by banging his head on the the steering wheel? Oh, yeah. I love when he's hauling ass, you know, he keeps shifting. And don't you love the sound of the DeLorean? That... Yeah, it's got that electric um, sound to it. Yeah, it just sounds like there's awesome. There's something else going on there. Like maybe it's all the time circuits and everything, or you know, I don't know what what it is. But whoever did the sound design for that is awesome because it's the same way in the parking lot at the beginning during that chase. Right. It's just and- that whirring. That's one thing is I know a lot of people who love Back to the Future. Hell, even Ernie Klein, they became obsessed with DeLoreans and they wanted yeah. one. I never actually wanted one, but I think if no. it did make that sound, I'd probably want one. <laughs> but, you know, I had, um, I can say it because none of my family ever listens to the show. We had relatives that were like the snobby relatives, the rich, you know, kind of they like to present a, a front kind of. Uh-huh. And one of them had a DeLorean. Oh, really? This was shortly after the film came out. So they like show up in a DeLorean at this family birthday party and it was just like, yeah, look at my DeLorean, you know, and I, I sat in it and everything and thought it was really cool, but it was a piece of shit. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, it was really, and when I think back to it now, it was a piece of shit. Yeah. Cause now they're doing like conversions or making them work better yeah, and stuff. Yeah. This movie did more for John DeLorean. Even though there was nothing that John DeLorean could do after the trumped-up drug charges that he was totally innocent of. Right. Um, You know, after that happened, you know, there was no recovering from it. Yeah. um, This movie did a a huge amount of uh, making the DeLorean a a popular car, even though it was... Oh, yeah, totally. It put it on the map again. It really did. There's people that still want DeLoreans to this day because of this film. It's not because it was a good car. Right. It's because of Back to the Future. That's right. The scene where, uh, you know, Marty is hauling ass to uh, where the lightning's going to hit. I love that he looks over and nothing's connected yet. And he's like, Doc, come on. Again, how did Doc not get the shit shocked out of him? Yeah. When he finally makes that final connection and it, it, it hits and everything works. And, you know, I know he's thrown back, but. He should be dead. Yeah, he's he's like a he looks like the wily e. coyote, you know. He's, he's like the energizer bunny. He just keeps going. Right. I've always loved the way dogs like <laughs> triumphant. You know, they kind of ruin that scene in the later movies too, because you know, as soon as that's over, that the other Marty's gonna come running up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, relax, Doc. It's me. It's me. It's Martin. Oh, I can't be. Just sent you back to the future. Yeah. Oh, I know you did send me back to the future, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. But I don't think about that when I'm watching. No, I don't. When I'm watching the first one, I have like thoughts like of of the future films, but th- still, you know, you yeah. can't help but love it on its own. Yeah, put it out of mind, you know. Yeah. Marty crashes into the movie theater, <laughs> you know, in the yeah, present got, day. Uh, what is that guy named Red? Remember yeah. The the drunk. He's crazy drunk driver. I was going to ask you that because in when he's in the present day. Oh, never mind. That wouldn't make any sense. There's Mayor Goldie Wilson. No, when he's in the past, the mayor is red somebody. Like, mm-hmm. red somebody. And I was wondering if that bum is supposed to be the mayor hey, from the 50s. maybe it is. You never know. Maybe but, it's, he's, he's, maybe he stayed young. Maybe yeah, because booze, he doesn't look old enough, does he? Maybe the booze kind of pickled him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look old enough for be this same no. guy. Maybe he's his son. Yeah, that's possible. One thing I can't forget about this, when he goes back to the present day and everything looks all dirty and shitty, he goes, yes. oh, thank God. Home. Yeah, thank God I'm back home in shitty Hill Valley. Yeah. Everything looks the same. And that scene where, you know, he arrives at the mall and he's too late and he sees Doc get shot down again, but then he hears himself and sees himself. But only the because the car stalls and he has to run there. Yeah, the car stalls again. Which I always wondered, is that a joke about DeLoreans also, that they didn't Being work pieces that of well? shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he goes and sees Doc and he was too late again and Doc's dead. That is a horrifying look on Christopher Lloyd's face when he turns him over and he's got oh my God, yeah. dead face. He sits up and then he shows him the uh, letter. He actually taped it all together. I I love that it's all taped together. It's like, when you think about it like that, he's been waiting all this time to tell Marty the truth, but he couldn't. He had to go through it. You know, you would just think someone was insane. But now that he's gone through time and everything and he's there, he can show him the letter that he wrote him that he knew about. So he wore a vest. What about all that talk about screwing up future events? The space-time continuum? Well, I figured. What the hell? And don't you love uh, bulletproof vests in movies? It never really... There's no real, like, recovery. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. That uh, massive inertia is just stopped. <laughs> yeah. you at all. I mean, come on. I'm not nitpicky about movies at all. But when he drops Marty off at his house... Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm always like, Doc, why don't you go home and sleep for the night and then travel through time tomorrow? Like, come on, take a break. But he's ready to go right now. Well, you have to think he just got shot. You know, he's probably running on adrenaline. Right. He's you know, ready that's to go. the way I think about it. But he jumps through time really fast, doesn't he? After he drives mm. down the street. <laughs> Where does he end up going? He's going does to the he future. Go directly into the future? Yeah. Okay. Okay, he goes in the future, and Marty goes home, and he wakes up the next day, back in time, is playing on the radio, everything's happy. Mm-hmm. G- fantastic song, right? Still. Gotta yeah, get back great. in time. Okay. Well, Power um, of love, back in time, all that stuff. Great. And also, you know, after reading the Cracked article, you know, the terrorists crash in that photo hut. Can we assume they're dead, hopefully? <laughs> That's a really dangerous photo hut. I was thinking it should at least have blown up, right? 
So we yeah, know they're like dead. Yeah, like something should have happened. Like maybe the um, rocket propelled grenade goes off and blows up the inside tr- you know, the van. Yeah, that would have yeah, been cool. Yeah. Like he pulls the trigger. Like in whenever the van. pulls the trigger and it just blows up the entire van. Because the whole time you're wondering when are these guys going to wake up and come after them with AKs? You know? Yeah, exactly. They're going to get two more terrorists. So it's <laughs> yeah. gonna be four terrorists. Marty wakes up the next day, and I love the line where. He walks in in the living room. Everything, the decor is different. It's got more yeah, taste it's to clean. it. it's clean. Yeah, everything about it is nicer. He sees his uh, siblings, and he's like, Hey, what the hell is this? Breakfast. What, did you sleep in your clothes again last night? Yeah. I... Yeah, what, what are you wearing, Dave? Marty, I always wear a suit to the office. Yeah, and I love well, his I always wear a suit to the office. And his sister goes, "Breakfast." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's arguing. He's basically telling her, "You know, I'm not your answering service." Some guy named Craig called, or Greg. Well, which was it, Greg or Craig? Because she's got all these guys hitting on her now, I guess. Because she's got self confidence. And now his brother, he's wears this. He always wears a suit to the office. He doesn't work at Burger King anymore. He's he, the manager now. He's he successful. Burger King. And then, you know, George and Lorraine come in, and they look nice and fit. They've mm-hmm. been playing tennis, and he's uh, spry. He's pinching his uh, wife on the ass, you know? Yes. There's still love there. Mom. Dad. What, Marty, did you hit your head? Right. You guys. You guys look great. Mom, you, you look so thin. Thank you, Marty. George. We see totally emasculated uh, Biff. Yes, but now Biff, I told you to take two coats. <laughs> yeah, don't con me, Biff. Oh, sorry, Mr. McFly. Uh, now, Biff, I want to make sure that we get two coats of wax this time, not just one. Just finishing up the second coat now. Now, Biff, don't con me. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. McFly. I, I meant I was just starting on the second coat. Yeah, Biff, what a character. Always trying to get away with something. <laughs> I love that. And then he comes in instantly and goes, Oh, Mr. McFly! Mr. McFly, this just arrived. Oh, hi, Marty. I think it's your new book. Oh, honey. Your first novel. Like I've always told you, you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Match, match made in space. Yeah, match made in space. and In that moment, there should have been the light bulb. Yeah, like, wait a second, my son, and then a whole, like, and then the world just destroys itself, you know? (laughs) The paradox. Yeah. Richard. 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 You know, his mom, he doesn't mind him dating uh, Jennifer anymore. And he goes out. He likes her. Oh, my, I almost forgot Jennifer Barker called. Oh, I sure like her, Marty. She is such a sweet girl. Isn't tonight the night of the big date? Okay, I want to ask you something about the 4x4 parking job in the garage. What is that? Does he back it in? Could it not fit? Is that why it's crooked? Maybe. Who backs into a garage like that? (laughs) Maybe it's just how they present it. Like, let's see more of the side. Yeah, man. Toyota wants wants a better shot of the car. 
But I'm just nice. going to say, when Doc drops Marty off and he drives down the street, he instantly goes in time. He doesn't get up to 88. It always bothers me. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way he could have got up at that speed that fast. Well, because the next day, and he sees Jennifer, and she goes, Marty, you're acting like you haven't seen me in a week. I haven't. Doc shows up. He, Wearing the full-on crazy man. Don't you love up. his outfit? And he kind of looks at Jennifer, kind of like embarrassed, like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, what about Jennifer? Well, this concerns her too, Marty. Okay, this has always bothered me. And at some point between the, they, she changes into Elizabeth's shoe. <laughs> I know, what happened? Why is Doc so urgent? Marty, we have to go now. It's a time machine. It's a time it's machine. Yeah. Why is there such a rush, Bill? But I know it's a movie and you have to make it urgent and like a cliffhanger. Maybe they didn't know a movie, a sequel would ever be made, truly. And yeah. it was just a fun way to end the movie. I think it was a fun way because... Yeah, it absolutely was. Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute. What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Go ahead. Quick, get in the car. No, 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 no. Doc, I just got here, okay? Jennifer's here. We're going to take the new truck for a spin. Well, bring it along. This concerns her, too. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? No, 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 Marty. Both you and Jennifer turn out fine. It's your kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about your kids. I mean, when he says, Doc, you don't have enough road to get up to 88, even though the night before he got up to 88 in two seconds going yeah, down the street. Yeah, no problem. Uh, he goes, Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. They show the DeLorean take off. Of course, you're like, awesome! Because it's cool. Yeah. And it flies now, right into the screen. It's fusion-powered and hover-converted. Yes, and it's so cool when it flies right into the screen. The movie's over. Perfect ending over, right? And it is a really cool ending, and I love it. It is, it, and it ends on the, on that song, um, Back in Time, and it just... Yep, everything... Man, I thought Huey Lewis was so lame when I was a kid, but when I watched this movie, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm digging this song. It works. Yeah, I'm totally digging this. Yeah, I, you know what? Honestly, I bought sports. I bought the album Sports after this movie. It made Huey Lewis cool, right? Yeah, it did. I mean, kind of. Then you're like, you were like, wait, what was I thinking? <laughs> then you realize that Huey Lewis is a dink. But also, I want to say this. I thought that the makeup of old George and old Lorraine and old Biff were pretty good in the first movie. Yeah, and they weren't bad at all. In Back to the Future well, too. Lorraine's a little plasticky. Yeah, yeah. You notice how well they did the whole like the high pants and the like the the wide front pants and all that. She looked. They made her look old and right. frumpy, like really well done. In Back to the Future Two, I thought the makeup was terrible. It mm -hmm. doesn't hold up at all. It looks bad. Well, it and was. Plasticky. It was. It was over the top. The back thing where he's upside down and the hair yeah. and the... It really hurt the movie that they didn't have Crispin Glover, I think. Yeah, oh my god, it did. It really did. The guy that was doing the Crispin Glover part was just doing a Crispin Glover impression. You know, one thing that's funny when you're talking about Elizabeth Shue, I love Elizabeth Shue and I think she's hot. And I think yeah. the girl, Jennifer, 
is cute too in the first movie. If yeah, you're gonna Claudia replace Wells. her with Elizabeth Shue, just let Elizabeth Shue look like Elizabeth Shue. Don't give her the same hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it just looks silly. I thought. We know who Elizabeth Shue is, so when you see her, you're like, you don't buy it at all. You're like, oh, it's no. Elizabeth Shue now playing the girlfriend. Yeah. So why even? Well, they even they completely reshoot the first, you know, the last scene of the final of the right. first film just yeah. to reestablish that. I'd read that uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale kind of wished they hadn't ended with taking Jennifer because they kind of would have gone in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But at the very beginning of the movie, they knock her unconscious, and he's like, "I love Marty's line." He goes, "What did you bring her for?" <laughs> I'm not nitpicking Back to the Future. I love it, but the mm-hmm. urgency thing drives me nuts because it's time travel. They, there's nothing urgent about it. He could stop and explain everything to Marty right now, but it doesn't make an exciting movie that way. So mm-hmm. I understand. I'm going to say out of the three movies, I do love Back to the Future the most. Yeah, easily. I enjoy the third one. It's fine. Oh, I, just... I totally enjoy the third one because it's it defies a lot of the convention that was in the first and the second one because it's a totally different environment. Right. And there's just and it's it, fun it becomes to go... more of Doc's story and it's not it's not Marty's story. It's Doc's story. Yeah. And that's cool because there's in part two, they set up that whole thing with needles and his job. It's also yeah. weird and you don't really understand what the hell's going on. So you kind of get that at the end. And I don't know why Flea is in the movie from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Did you take a look at that little business proposal of mine? I don't know, Niels. What are you afraid of? If this thing works, it'll solve all your financial problems. And if it doesn't work, Needles, I could get fired. It's illegal. I mean, what if the Jits is monitoring, huh? The Jits will never find out. Oh, Come on. Stick your card in the slot and I'll handle it. I just remember that uh, at the after you see two in the theater and it they I remember there was a preview for three. Yeah, it said to and be it had concluded. the new score that dun 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 and it was like whoa. just to be continued it was to be concluded and you see the old west and it was just like awesome because honestly back to future 2 kind of ends on a bummer where you know doc disappears and you're like what the hell's going on um joe flattery yeah when he shows up and says we've had this for how 70 years or something yeah we we all had bets to see if you would actually be here that is all cool one thing i love about the third one is how in the old west Doc Brown sealed up the DeLorean in a cave for Marty to later unearth in the 50s. They have to go and dig it out. I thought that was a cool idea. I did, too. I really, you know, it was almost uh, John Carter-esque, the cave and all that stuff. And I just, I liked where they went with it. I actually really do like the third one. 
I think even though even though I'm not a huge fan of the whole Clara Clayton thing, I love that Doc gets a film. Like it's yeah. his film. And he gets somebody to be with and part 2 I think is just so ambitious. Yeah, it's too ambitious. It, yeah, it maybe too ambitious. The effects don't hold up, really they yeah. don't. There's they parts don't. with the DeLorean flying around that looks so bad. Mm-hmm. But I forgive it in a lot of ways. It's the what happens with time travel storyline. Right. Like, you know, that this shit should not be played with. There, He should yeah. have never created this thing in the first place. It seems like way too early in the movie does Doc think that, too. He goes, I'm going to destroy the machine. You're like, where the hell did this come from? Like, he does it way mm-hmm. too fast. Like... I can understand after Biff pulls the things, but also, like, I have trouble with how would old geriatric Biff know how to time travel in the yeah, DeLorean? Yeah, he know, like, the time circuits have to be turned on? He figures and... all that shit out. He gets yeah. back and drops it off the same spot where they left it. Like, how would he even do this shit? Yeah, but... and then, then you're getting into, like, the deleted scene stuff where after he does that, he fades from existence. And all that. I mean, there's there's so much to talk. We could we probably end up talking about Back to the Future Part Two for three hours. Yeah, you know, it's just there's so much, so many little things. There's a lot of neat things about it, but also at the same time, there's things that I that bother me about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And one of them is that I think the makeup is terrible. (laughs) The old makeup looks awful. Another thing is old michael j fox when he's an older guy in his 40s why does he talk like this you know like i'm in my 40s it was the car accident (laughs) yeah i'm in my 40s i don't talk like that (laughs) i i'm i'm in my 30s and i still sound like i'm 16 i do think that the daughter michael j fox is funny he's like mom i think that's yeah that was i think that was that was fun also do you remember how well at least when i was a kid whenever that came out it was like so that's the future of pizza, rehydrator. Yeah. Hydrate level four, please. Ooh. Is it ready? Here you go. Oh boy, oh boy, mom. You sure can hydrate a pizza. I was like, uh, sweet. We- the whole bit with him losing his job is just confusing, I think. It's You're a mess. fired! Mark Fly! Fujitsu-san, konnichiwa! Makfrai! I was monitoring that scan you just interfaced. You are terminated! Terminated? No! No! It wasn't my fault, sir! It was Needles! Needles was behind and the whole thing! And you cooperated! No, I did it, uh, was it was illegal. a sting operation! I was, I was, I was setting them up! Read my No! Facts. Please! No! I cannot be fired! I'm fired! Ah. Yeah, what the hell is going on in all that scene? <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of like credit scam or can't, yeah, I don't know. I, well, okay, also this. This is one thing before we go, I just have to say that the whole chicken thing. Like, what are you, chicken? Uh, Where did that come from? That's ret- that is some like retroactive or what What do they call that? If it was that big of a deal, it would have been in the first one. What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? What did you call me, Griff? Chicken! McFly! Nobody calls me... Chicken. Yeah, It they, just kind of came out of nowhere. You remember in Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, if anyone calls him Chicken? Yeah. But, yeah. but that still, Mar- it was like one of those references that just didn't fit. It didn't feel right. Right. Marty in the first movie wouldn't act like that. No. 
he wasn't re- he wasn't reactionary like that because he was actually more proactive. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like they needed to do that for it to work in the movie. That stuff like that bothers me, but the characters changed. Because, you know, I love the movie, and I love I talking do too. about yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. It's one of my go-to films of my youth. It's it's a lot of fun, and recently it came out on Blu-ray. How does that look, Bill? Because I don't have it's it. It's stunning. It's, it's, um, you know what's great about it is they didn't, they didn't touch it up too much. There's still this, like, heavy element of film grain to it. Mm-hmm. So it, it just, it's got a sharp film look to it. It looks really good. It's not overly like digital noise reduction or edge enhancement. It just looks good. Now, let me ask you, I've never seen the uh, Eric Stoltz footage, or is there much of that on there? I never watched it. I can honestly tell you that I never watched the Eric Stoltz footage. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I think there's like 40 minutes of it, but it's not like you can just watch it. I think it's part of a documentary. Yeah, like they talk over it, which is kind of lame. But he just said, "I don't think we're getting the laughs that I was hoping we would, we we would get." And and I looked at Bob, and I realized that he was absolutely correct. And I said, "Bob, what do you want to do?" So I had to make this horrific decision, which was very heartbreaking for everybody. Uh, Tom Wilson was on uh, the Nerdist podcast. Oh. And if he's he tells some really interesting stories on there if they would shut up and let him talk. But he yeah. uh, he basically says that when they fired Eric Stoltz, they were almost done with the movie. Yeah, they were. And they they always say that they only shot like 40, 40 minutes of time with him, but that's not true. Yeah, he said it was like he was hanging out with Eric Stoltz, saying you know like so what are you doing next? You know like they were almost done, mm-hmm. and. He said he got a call into the the studio to the office of Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, and he was like, oh, shit. He just knew he was fired. You know, he'd gotten that before where they go, it's just not working out. Thanks a lot. Yeah, if and, it's just not working. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to just go in there, get fired like a man, tell him thank you for the opportunity. But he went in there, and Crispin Glover was in there, too, and he goes, oh, shit, they're firing him, too? Oh my god, this movie's a disaster if they think everybody's a problem. So they said, hey, we love you guys, everything's great, uh, but we had to fire Eric. And he was just like, oh, oh, like, uh, oh, now I get it. I wonder it, how much money they lost. It sounds like a lot. If they had to refilm everything. I would love to see the whole movie with Eric Stoltz. Just yeah. to see what the deal is. Like, why Why did they feel it was so yeah. crucial? I, want to see. I wonder how Eric So you, don't, you do not have it on Blu-ray yet? No. Okay, Christmas. You'll have it. <laughs> that would be Watch a cool your mail. See, that's Are a trilogy we... I'd want more than the Star Wars everything redone kind of thing. Oh my god, yeah. Hopefully, well, then you've, you've actually dropped hints to your wife about it, though. So she probably will get it for you. So Maybe. Sometimes she doesn't pick up on my hints at all. <laughs> well, that happens. Well, Bill, thank you for joining me for this new movie mini of Back to the Future. And thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting Nowhere and Mulberry. And I hope you enjoyed this. And I hope you enjoy the rest of our holiday pack. And they have, you know, uh, we do have to say you have no idea how much it means to us, your support. Honestly, we're not, this isn't PBS. You know, we, a lot of times we really do depend on fan support and the monetary thing really does help a lot too so just thank you and we like to give you your money's worth so we like to we take a lot of pride in these things and we hope you enjoy them yeah and we try to do things that we think our fans will also enjoy because you know that's why you listen to the show is that you know you want to share in this with us and we we like to share 
our favorite things with you. So, thank totally. You. And also things that bother us. So hopefully we don't get too. Uh, we weren't critical of this movie. No, I'm no, more not at all. The second one, but <laughs> I don't want to seem like a fuddy story. Yeah. Well, Bill, we're still in 1985, so you know where we've got to go, right? Back to the future? <laughs> You're right. Back to the future. All right, everyone. Laters. Laters. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Now this is podcasting. Casting.